Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley, and we're burning daylight. Well, welcome back to Daylight Burners. Sitting down with Cliff Shat on a Friday night. A little late over on your end. I apologize for the... the, the I always forget, uh, like some of the... Some of my people I really like to talk to are all, all on the East Coast and three-hour <laughs> time difference is uh, a little hard to line up sometimes. But I'm glad you were I'm glad you were free and I'm glad yeah, you're sure. you're uh, tolerating me at, the, at a late hour. I'm a night but, owl, so it's all good. I am too. So it's, uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I was, uh, we were talking a little bit before we're, we're going to scroll through the, the glorious, uh, source of entertainment that is known as, uh, a private Facebook group on our, well, fa- private group on Facebook, uh, called nonviolent equestrians. It's, uh, it's a, it's a really fun, fun place to, to just be entertained. Um, and, and the re we, we've done it before. And, uh, actually I got a comment on YouTube the other day that, uh, the gal was actually a little disappointed that we didn't talk enough about nonviolent equestrians. And then the founder, uh, uh, Miss Becca Rhodes or whatever her name yep. is and, and how much of a fraud she was. And, um, so now maybe we'll do a little bit better job of that, but honestly, I, I don't want to expose anybody as a fraud. I just like, I like the entertainment value of it. I do um, too. I do too. Cause, uh, they're, they're just, uh, their mindset is that a horse should never feel any pain ever. Yeah. Any yeah. discomfort whatsoever. whatsoever. And, and I think, uh, I think how how would you describe that page for the uninitiated for those that are listening here that don't understand it how how what how would you do, go about describing that because it's it's kind of a circus it's a different kind of deal but um, how would you describe that page in a nutshell? It, it, it's um it's a cross between a, a like a horse rescue group and a uh, a social justice rally. Yep. Uh, but for horses, yeah, and it's and it's all and, it's all headed up by there's there's one kind of main person at the center of it all that, and I don't know how many followers she has that actually believe her or like her, but but there's that there's there's this one person Becca in the middle of it all that, as far as I can see, is a fraud, and that's just my personal opinion, and and I'm I'm here to say it, but. But at the end of the day, I'm not even sure she really cares about horses. I think it's more about the uh, the the drama that you know, I, I think she's addicted to Facebook yep. groups. Yep. You know, it's uh, I'm with you. It's like the same thing where you see, you know, like Keith Olbermann on Twitter. Yep. You know, where it's just, or even Donald Trump on True Social, yep. where it's just like a stream of consciousness all the time, and you're just like, just can't stop it. Do you not have anything better? Like, cause I'll post a string of memes and then, then I'll, and I'll just kind of ghost. Right. Cause I try not to be on my phone. Uh, it, cause that shit is addictive. Like if you, you start to like pay attention to how, how, uh, how you act, you're just like, God damn, I'm addicted to that damn phone. Heck yeah. And uh, it's, it's crazy. 
that's not good, but it's not necessarily all a bad thing. You know, a lot, a lot of good has comes from social media. A lot of goods come from the internet and it's, uh, and we also like, you get to just witness some of this shit and, and a lot of, a lot of the people in that group, I think are truly well-meaning. You're yeah. there. You're like people that that'll pay big dollar to go to a Pirelli clinic. Yeah. And, uh, they yeah. just, they love horses. Yeah. They're they're not, yeah. They're not. They're, bad they're not. People. I think no. They're and yeah. They're horsey people. They're not horse. They're not horse people. They're not horsemen. They're not horse women. They're 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 horsey people. Backyard again. Um. Yeah, and that's all well and good, but uh, they they have this misguided notion that any sort of tool that employs leverage yeah. on a horse is uh is as an act of violence. Yeah. Like that's the part that gets me is is an act of violence. You're like no, like that that little extra stout jab you give your your horse in the ribs that's that's not vi- an act of violence. It's just like no. a hey, pay attention. Yep. It's no it's, no no different than my old man biffing me in the back of the head when me and my brother were fighting with each other in the church pew as kids. You know, he'd reach his arm over there and just give us a quick pop in the back of the head. There was nothing violent, right. hateful. He he loved us, but he wanted us to hear the message for the day and, and that's how he got our attention. Mm. All it was. I don't I don't hate my dad because he biffed me in the back of the head in church. You know? No, and it's it's kind of the same way like on a on a yeah, you know, when you're riding in a snaffle and say say that horse doesn't want to doesn't want to flex one way. I, I I view it a lot like when when you know, like I take my kid by the ear and like lead him out of the room because he's he's not listening. That's a lot like when you reach out there and pull their face around yep. and get them get them to to bend. Yeah. Like it's it's just like yep. it's it's an exaggerated motion with like the 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 consequence implication is there they can feel it it's like it's it's not a it's not a whipping but it's uh like it's a, like hey we're pay attention or just a stern we're, we're going to go yeah yep. and you don't want it to escalate like right. the the uh, the ideal is for them to get the point and then relax yeah. give and then you release Right. If not, you have to, like you have to step it up. Otherwise, they they don't get the point. Like or, or try something different, you know. And and I think that's kind of you know most of these people is like try something different. So it's it's the path of yeah. least resistance. But uh, I don't know. It's a it's a different worldview than than reality. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, like as a, as having spent a lot of years of my life as a working cowboy before kind of focusing more solely on the, the horse train aspect of it. Um, you know, I, I saw some guys that were rough here and there, but usually those guys didn't really last in, in that world for too long because truth of it is you can't pick on a horse for very long before that horse has a clear sense of what's fair and what's not fair. And that horse will quit you, man. He'll quit you probably at the time you need him the most. And so, most of the guys that I was around, even if they weren't horse huggers and they may not have even really liked horses, but their goal was to get along with them horses as good as they can so that their day wasn't spent fighting and arguing with a horse, you know, out in the middle of BFE somewhere. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of these people who are kind of uninformed, they don't realize that, you know, we're not just out there courting these horses around and, and ripping their teeth out and everything else. 
you know, every guy that I rode alongside, it was like, you know, they, some of them might have been a little harsher than others, but at the end of the day, most of them guys wanted to get their horses to a point where they didn't have to think about that horse very much. That horse was was working with them and for them. And, and you know, I don't think many people who haven't spent, you know, a lot of days out, out in the, the big out there uh, riding around after cows, I don't think they fully understand that aspect of it. Yeah. A guy that's real busy doesn't pick many fights with his horses. That's right. You know? Exactly. Like, uh, you know, I, I've been known to pick a little a fight or two with my horse yep. uh, here and there, but it's usually, it's it's never on a on a busy day. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. uh, it's when I'm bored. Things are a little slow. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> that's right. That, that part's kind of, and you know, your horses will do that too. I mean, when they're when they're bored, they'll uh, the you know, the the classic feedlot move is they'll just ram your knee into a gate oh, gate yeah. post and oh yeah, uh, they, they just they're bored. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't they don't do that shit when you're actually working. It's when you're just like you when you're both kind of dazed going from pin to pin. You're like, oh yeah, he's like, ah, oh, fuck this guy, bam, <laughs> you know, right right off the gate post. You son of a bitch. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, that that extra sharp. Uh, jab in the ribs. That might be a little bit of retribution too, yep, you know, because yep. like I'm, I'm, I'm getting him back. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's funny how much your horse is like your good buddy, because yep. like you're not afraid to hit your friend. That's right. And uh, and uh, like I'm not afraid to, uh, like I'm not afraid to, uh, you know, get give my good horse a, a jab when they when they did something they know they that that one they weren't supposed to right. do. Right. And, and as I don't. I don't classify that as violence. You know, it's uh, to a certain extent. It's, it's accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the same way with my buddies. I mean, if my buddy is is being ignorant, and you know, we go out and have a couple drinks or something, my buddy's getting ignorant. I might grab him by the collar and be like, "Man, you need to get it together right now, or we got to go home." You know, and yeah, that- especially like you've got us in fights before, and uh, right. I don't mind. I don't mind jumping in and and throwing hands if I have to. But like, it also, I'd like to sit around and drink some beer and not have right. to. It's kind not of have the, to bail your ass out again. Kind of an accountability factor there, and and I think it's the same with my horses. It's like, well, if I know my horse kind of cheated me the the last, you know, I went to build to a cow and she kind of sucked back and cheated me a little. Next time, I'm going to remind her that she needs to step up there and put me in position. And mm. you know, usually. A quick reminder, you know, quick, sharp to the point, get in, get out. And that horse goes, oh, yeah, I, I better not suck back here. Or I better I better open up my stride a little bit. And uh, I, yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, people people don't understand that that to me, the big difference between abuse and just a correction or a redirection is what kind of emotion you have behind it. So. If I grab a hold of my horse and I set him on his tail because he was running through the bridle or something, and I do that because that's what he needed in that moment, that was just a correction. If I do it over and over because I'm mad at him or I'm pissed off because I had a fight with my old lady that day or something, well, then that's a, that would border on abuse because you're you're just taking something out on it. There's no point in, in what you're doing to that horse. And I, I think that's that's something a lot of people miss is that sometimes horses are physical. They kick each other. They bite each other. That's how they communicate when they're wrong in, in their world. So obviously they're physical learners. So why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we kind of carry that through to them in in that way? And it's, it's about being fair at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and each horse is a little different too. I mean, there's there there's some horses I have no problem, you know, popping them on the ears if they if they're doing something stupid because yep. I know they can handle it. Mm-hmm. But there's other ones I don't I don't say it go anywhere near their head when I'm doing any sort of discipline, you know, because sure. they're they're just they, they don't like their head and being messed with. Yep. And you know, like I mess with it still, but like I'm not not in a correct uh, you know in a disciplinary way. It's yeah. uh. I try to desensitize as much as I can, but I, yeah. if they're, if they're head shy, last thing you want to do is discipline them with, uh, by smacking them in the head, you know, that's, that's right. That's right. Like you ain't getting that head back for a long <laughs> time. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of, a lot of more desensitization, uh, desensitization to <laughs> bring them back, you know? And yes, sir. It's, uh, yeah, but we're also saying, you know, like, even though there's a lot of there's a lot of really stupid shit that happens in this group, there is some like like your your liberal friends. They're not wrong about everything. They're, they're wrong about a lot of shit, but they got they they are right on some things. And and that like they there's some decent points made here and there. You got to wade through a lot of bullshit to yep. find it. Um, but like this post here, I'll, I'll pop it up on the screen. Um, it's uh. This is one of those bits that I don't I don't really understand. Oh, yeah. it, but um you know it's a it's a mechanical hackamore. Yeah, it's a hack a bit. With uh kind of a like a, a high correction. correction that has a gag action too, because that slides up and down on that cheek. Yeah. So yeah. And and then we're looking at about six inch shanks. Yep. Um a lot of leverage. Yep. Uh um yeah that that bit probably shouldn't shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um so I mean solid point ladies. It is mostly ladies in that group. Yep. There are it's weird the the dudes that subscribe to this nonviolent yeah. equestrian stuff is they're they're a special bunch, but um They remind me of Ben yeah, Boosters. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just puffed up. Yeah. Puffed up and strutting around, you know, lords of a small world. Yeah, I I would bet they uh also identify as uh male feminists. Yes. Um so here we go. This is the, the main gal. Um Can you imagine choosing this photo as a good representation of your sport? Oh. You put sports in quotations and um um it's a breakaway roper. Yeah. Um but all in all that that horse isn't gapping his mouth very much. No. No. He's got got a tie down, but it's an arena event and you're gonna have that. Um Let, let's not forget that horses have been ridden into war. I mean straight up war for thousands of years, pulling chariots, carrying knights. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all sorts of things. I mean, dressage, modern dressage stemmed from uh, building handier horses that all the movements in dressage were used to to uh, to fight off, to be able to spin, to be able to jump up and kick, to be able to, to move in place without covering any ground so they could keep that horse light and moving. It, it was all for warfare, and, uh, and that, that's where we have modern dressage. A lot of people don't know that, but... My my point is there is that 
people can cry about a horse, you know, for, for 10 seconds running out of a box, stopping hard one time, catching a calf, and then, you know, going back to his luxury trailer with every supplement and every type of feed. And, and most of them good rodeo horses, they're treated better than any horse. I mean, they're treated dang good. And so for that horse to stop hard and, you know, he flips his nose up in the air because she might have she might have caught him out of, you know, out of balance or something like that. Yeah, it's it doesn't look good in a picture like that. But at the end of the day, you know, I think those horses know their job and I think most of them like their job, you know. And, and obviously, when you get a horse that doesn't like his job, he's not going in the box or he's flipping over on top of you. So. Truth of the matter is, is them horses will let you know if they think it's unfair or it's not working for them. Yeah, I mean, like you, you see them, you see them got their their head up and whatnot, but yep. that that horse's ass is still sitting down though. So that's, that's right. I, like it may not look pretty, yep. uh, but rodeo is also not a, a yep. style points deal. Like that's you, you uh, or at least on the timed events, yep. Uh, you know, style points only goes to the to the roughies. That's right. That's right, and uh, so you're like you're not you're not getting scored on on your uh, on your appearance. It's all it's all strictly yeah. time. So I mean, uh, you know, like some of the best ropers that I know, like they're like awkward looking as shit. They're, like they're yeah. they don't they don't look pretty doing it, but no. they they always catch. They're efficient. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I it's just I don't know. It's a, it's a a different sport and yeah, like if you if you attribute any of that type of stuff that that they don't like, so the tie down, the shanked bit, um, you know, heavier hands, uh, surely uh, you know leverage bit, yep. they they uh, they they all see that as violence, whereas I I, I view those as all as tools and training and. That's you right. know, teaching uh, equipment. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's a different a difference of worldview, and you're not going to. I guarantee you, you're not going to. Uh, change this lady's opinion yeah. on that. Like you're not going to change her worldview, and I'm not going to. Uh, pull her up on screen to. Yeah. To do anything. No. It's people. not worth that. No. But I, but I think that, uh, you know, number one, I'll say this is that I think that people in general need to look at the pictures that they're posting of, of themselves riding and things like that. And, uh, and just kind of consider what is the average person going to see and going to think if I post this picture right now, like, it's cool. Like I had, I had a pretty good bronc ride today on a Colt that I was riding and, and, uh, man, it was the guy, the husband of the lady I was riding for, he got some really good pictures. And, and of course I sent those to all my friends on Snapchat tonight and, Oh man, that's a heck of a bronc ride, whatever. And, but I also realized I'm like, I can't go and put those on Facebook because they're just going to eat me alive. I post, I post 99% of the time I post positive stuff and about softness and this and that. And, but if I go put one bronc ride picture up there, they're just going to eat me up. And I've just learned that given my position and what I do and stuff like that, I have to think about the most uneducated person clicking on my page and what they're going to think, because that's going to affect my business and, and my bottom line at the end of the day. So I've, I've kind of learned to navigate that. And I, I think more people need to kind of 
take that responsibility and say, like, if someone clicked on my page and this was the only picture they saw, how is this going to make my horsemanship look? And not only my horsemanship, but my the, the sport that I compete in, how is it going to make it look? Because a picture is only, it is just a, a second captured in time. And that horse may have opened his mouth for whatever reason, but if you catch that picture with that gapped open mouth, everybody's going to think you're ripping that horse's face off. Sometimes they just mm. get their mouth. Sometimes it's just what it is. But I think, yeah. I think that there's a responsibility. If we want, if we want people like this to back off, and if we don't want to see rodeo and horse racing and horse jumping and all the other things, if we don't want to see that become something that's outlawed in this country, I think everybody that participates needs to be a little more conscientious about the fact that this isn't just for your friends to see. Everybody sees these pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's funny. Like uh, so, like I went to school at, at Colorado State University, and you know, Temple Grandin's kind of like a she's a you know she's kind of a staple there at CSU, and uh, and there's a lot of cowmen that don't that don't really care for for Temple Grandin. They think she's got got her own ways, and or they don't they don't agree with her on a lot. And I think. Like there's a lot of particularly like her facility design that I think is just it's not that I disagree with her, I think it's just overkill. Right. And uh I think the points are good, uh, but maybe not the whole thing. I think Bud Williams was was uh a lot better yeah. on the design. Uh I but I think I think Temple Grandin did about a thousand times more in uh spreading the knowledge of, of low stress uh animal handling uh than than Bud Williams or yeah, yeah Bud Williams ever could just for whatever reason she had, like she people had a, she has a good story. Her life story is is a good one. She overcame mm-hmm. a lot and, I, and and listen, I give her all all due credit there. That that lady is a lot of other people would have would have ended up not making much of an impact on the world and they, they would have let let the things that they struggled with kind of hold them back, but hell, she got she got her word out there to the point where there's movies about her and books and everything else. And I say good on her, but I I, I agree yeah. with you. I think there's I think there's better low stress stockmen out there, but hers caught the spotlight. Yeah, and and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of like the the deal, like the Yellowstone phenomenon, like. uh it's not it's not the best thing, but it's not the worst thing. Like it made cowboys look cool again. Yeah. And I mean, like that's, same, that's same, not... with, same with Dale Brisby for that matter. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of yeah. people give Dale crap, but you know what? There are so many kids in cities and towns that have no exposure to cowboys that they watch his show on Netflix and now they're just ate up with cowboy culture. And I think he's kinda of, mm-hmm. you know, Yellowstone, Dale, th- people like that are a gateway to helping to keep, uh, you know, the tradition and the legacy alive, the culture. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And I, I've, uh, oh, I've, I've talked trash on, on Brisbane many a time and oh, I, I, I probably will at, at some point too. But, uh, yeah, I, I like mostly it's just like, I, I you never, you never met a hater doing better than yourself. And right. Dale Brisbane's doing, doing a lot better than me uh, as far as, uh, the the numbers go so i i'll admit it. i I'm, I'm a hater he's he 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 found his niche and a good on him like it, some of his stuff is really really it's funny genius. it's kind of genius yeah when you look at 
you know, he started making prank phone calls and dressing up to entertain his friends. And he's built literally a multi-million dollar empire out of it. Yeah. And, and uh, he's got to play that character the whole time, which is, you know, I guess if that if that's what pays your bills, have at it. It's, uh, right. I mean, same thing happened with Larry the Cable Guy, you know? Yeah. That was just a character he used to call into a radio show, and that that became his whole deal. It's really no different than a lot of rock stars and and like even even some of these rappers. Like you look at you look at some of these rappers from the '90s and early 2000s, you know, like Ice Cube or or Ice T mm. for that matter. These guys were you know they were fuck the police and this and that. And now Ice Cube is playing a cop on Law and Order. You know, <laughs> so like yeah, a lot of a lot of it was you know that was their, the persona that the public persona that they sold. But the reality is they're just businessmen. They're just trying to capitalize mm. on, on different trends and things like that. And all those guys, all the ones that are still in the game, they've all just adapted to the t- changing times. And, and you know, it's, I respect it. I, I respect the hustle anyway. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and if it's funny, it's funny, you know, like the, his, uh, that's right. His, his old his old rancher bits always pretty oh, funny his uh like his his early the early stuff he like he first started putting on youtube was was really really funny yep. and uh yeah I, I didn't care for the show so much but that's all right there's plenty of people that did yeah. and, and uh like more power to him yeah i i totally agree totally agree but um i um, I, I think i think the industry needs stuff like that where you know, guys like you and I that are, are in it and have been in it, we may not relate to that, but it's a good gateway. Those those type of things are a good gateway for people that the uninitiated that are kind of seeking out like, hey, what's it take to be a cowboy or, you know, I want to learn about rough stock or whatever. And that's a really easy way for people to to get involved. And I think that I think there's an importance to that. Yeah, I I, I view it a lot like uh, like with the veterans and, and war movies like yep. You know, fuck if I can hurt Locker wins an Academy Award and you talk to any any of the Iraq uh and Afghan com- yep. like sure enough combat vets, they're like, yep. that is the biggest piece of shit movie ever yep. made. Yep. Because it is not at all at all realistic. And that, that was kind of like when the I think it was one of the opening scenes of Yellowstone where they pull a calf on the side of the road. And it runs away immediately. Yeah, and and like everybody that that has has went through one single cabin season is is just like holy shit that's like uh, you, you couldn't have consulted somebody on 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 that. That's right. That's right. And uh but if anybody that doesn't know anything about cattle, yeah, would have never never noticed anything about it. It's just it's all it's always the we nitpick it cuz yeah. We we, we do I, this shit for a living. I get in these little petty arguments all the time with people because they're like, "Oh, screw Yellowstone! It's that's fake! It's fake!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's literally a show packed with drama and all the stuff. It's a, it's uh-huh. it's it's modern Dallas, you know, the show Dallas." Yeah. And and I said, but it, but at the end of the day, they're not catering to the one percent of us who actually know. They're they're catering to all the people who don't know. And they want to get the point across that the calf came out and it was healthy. And it, so what better way to show the general public that than it jumped up and ran away? You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and so people, people kind of forget that. Like they're not making, <laughs> they're not making that shit for us. They're making it for the masses. You know, it, it was, it's funny. 
I had uh, my buddy Aaron that that I do uh, fence post politics with. His, him and his family came out over the Fourth of July, and uh, <clears throat> they came out to the feedlot on, on the fourth. I, I had to go in and and uh, and work in the morning, and we had this we had this uh, Hereford bull that was uh, that was pretty sick. I had to run him through the chute, <clears throat> and his boys got to you know they got to see it up close and and you know explain the whole process of. How you take the temperature, all all that. What uh, what I was looking at, showing that he was sick. Yep. Um, ended up temping like a seven two or something like that. You know, he was hot. Um, give him a shot of Jackson, and uh, and away we went. And then he was my buddy was telling me the other day, like when they're doing their nighttime prayers, they still they still pray for the bull uh, <laughs> to, to get better. And I was like, you know, and it was, I had never. Like, that would have never even crossed my mind that it that made that big of an impression on him. But like, you know, here we are. And you know, this was a couple of weeks ago in September, I, I guess. And, and they're still talk, they're still concerned about that bull. Yeah. And uh, so, so it's, it's just, it's funny. Like, yeah, we would never thought much about it, but uh, for, for those yeah kids that ain't been around at me, you know, it made a huge impression on them. And that, that can be a turning point for a lot of those kids, you know, <laughs> they, they, wow, yeah. something that interests me. I never, I never knew it was even something that could interest me. Yeah. And, uh, so, but then I was like, well, yeah, full recovery. That, that bull was just fine. Yeah. He, he looked like, he looked like shit for about two days and then he, he come up, come around right, and now right, he's, right he's, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is a good lesson for them to to uh, to learn. You know, like, hey, we give this, we give them a shot of this medicine, which a lot of people will say is bad. Yep. And there is an argument that overuse of it is really bad, but also it works. This this deal works because he's yep. better now. That's the thing. It's like it's like well, there's bad, and then there's like well, you can you can not give it, and it could just die. So mm-hmm. prolonging life is is kind of a good thing. So maybe it's not good mm-hmm. long term, but but you know if if that bull can can live out longer and, and do his job and breed more cows and and all the things and then you know maybe yeah. maybe it's not such a bad thing. You know, bad bad is relevant. Right. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and then you know, and if it's not little kids that you're talking to, but you're talking to other yep. people, you can also explain like, all right, so let's say. Um, I don't treat that bull and he dies. Well, the guy that sent us those bulls, he was expecting to sell that guy. Yep. And, uh, for a pretty good price. Cause these are, these are nice Hereford yep. bulls. And that hurts well, now, his family. That, that, uh, and also, you know, even like maybe, uh, maybe these guys were kind of sleeping on me and, uh, I could have saved that bull, you know? Right. And, uh, maybe right. I won't, I'll send them somewhere else next, next year. And exactly. So the the better we do, better job we do keeping these these animals alive. The like it just it creates, it justifies us having a job. It yep. it wants it makes that guy want to bring his animals back next year because he doesn't have to worry about doing the work himself. He's like, hey, these guys will do a good job. That's right. And uh, so yeah, it just uh, it's a whole cycle. But well, it's, it's, I wanted to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna ask your your opinion on this video, so uh, go finish your thought, and then we'll we'll go to this video here. Yeah, no, all, all I was gonna add to that is that it's it's a lot similar to to my line of work. One, besides starting a lot of colts, and I, I do a, a bunch of them. Um, you know, I get a lot of problem horses, especially from the hunter jumper and dressage world. So I get these 
these big fancy warm bloods that have come out of Europe. They've been imported over here. They develop some kind of bad habit, bucking, rearing, just di different things. It doesn't really matter what it is. But a lot of time these horses were allowed to, to be that way for a certain amount of time. They come to me and it's like, well, you got like 60 days to fix that. And, you know, for me, for some of these horses, I'm the last step before they end up in, in a hole or in Mexico or something. And, uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's like that old saying, and it, this goes to what you're doing as well. You know, everybody wants to, to eat the sausage, but nobody really wants to see how it's made. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so fixing some of these problem horses, it's like if this horse has been allowed to be whatever way, rearing, bucking, running off, whatever it is. And he was, they, they skirted that and they put band-aids on it and they covered it up for years and now I have him for 60 days and I've got to make a change in that horse and I've got to make it so that he doesn't hurt somebody when he leaves me because I don't want that on my conscience. He's got to be in a, in a way so that he doesn't hurt himself. And, you know, so sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes going, getting a little bit closer to the edge than most other people would do, would what they're willing to do. And for me, it's mm -hmm. like, if I, if I can save this horse by laying them down or, or doing this or doing that and where other people would shy away from some of those things. And, and it's in fairness and it's not in, in hate, it's not in anger or anything like that. But a lot of people, if you took a snapshot of that moment and said, well, here's him laying down, that horse is kind of fighting laying down or whatever it might be, you know, people, Oh, that's terrible. It's this and that. But then, then when that horse is fixed and he's going around the show ring and packing somebody's kid and, and you're like, Hey, I fixed that one. You know, people all want to celebrate that, but but at the same time, they want to point the fingers at you when you're when you're treating it and you're fixing it, and uh, that's one of the problematic things I think of the world that we live in. Uh, you know, especially on the liberal side of things, I hate to pick on them, but but it's kind of true. Is that you know they're like, oh, you got to be nice to him, you got to love him, you got to do this, you got to do that. But I'm like, I know that this horse will flip over on top of somebody, and I need to do anything I can to make this horse stop because if he doesn't stop. He's either going to kill somebody or he's going to end up shipped off to Mexico or something. So the best thing for both parties is that I'm as tough as I need to be to help that horse through there and help him find a mm -hmm. way. Not everybody's going to love what it takes to get there, but they're all going to love the finished product. And that's right. That's kind of the world we live in, I think. So anyhow, go, go on yeah. with what you were saying. I digress. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the classical story where the, where the son, you know, has to, you know, bows up to his dad. And at some point there has to be a reckoning and the old man whips his ass. And then, then there's an, a mutual understanding. Ex Spot on, man. It's kind of how, how it goes. That's and, right. uh, but anyway, I, I wish we had like the full, uh, full video of this. Cause, uh, I'd like to see what this horse looked like leading up to this point, yep. but. I'll tell you exactly what happened there. So what what was this? Uh, the question was pushing them above their limit. Well, wa watch when the horse stopped. If you, uh, if you back that up and we just, we just watch the horse stop before he ever backs up. When that, when that horse stops, his hind feet, you know, he's you want to take a nap? I'm making a nap here. Yeah. Okay. Take when he stopped, you want to take a his his hind feet. You know he's got sliding plates on. That's that's standard. But mm. he he got so deep underneath himself 
if the if the rider had just kind of hesitated a moment going into that, I mean a moment, like a second, and let that horse get his feet a little bit better under him, everything would have been fine. That horse would have never laid down. But he just he just got that hind end so deep, and he as soon as that horse that horse wasn't even done stopping, and he started to ask that horse to come back, and as that horse came back, his hind feet were just so far under him. The more he backed, the more he got back over his hocks until he had nowhere to go but to lay down. And that's a whole lot yeah. better than that horse flipping over, or any, which he could have done. Um, but my take on it is that he just got really, really deep. He got his feet. You know, he didn't re... We, I, I refer to it as resetting the feet. So, like, it's it's kind of like if you spin a horse around and, and he stops and he's kind of splay-footed from when he stopped... He's not in any position to to leave from there, so you got to let him get his feet back, and then you can leave. You can lope out. You can do whatever. But but I think that it was just a just a matter of the horse got his feet in the wrong spot, and they asked him to back up, and the horse tried to, and he got stuck, and he just he just said, "Well, I can't go there, so I'm just going to lay down." It's like uh, like when a, a bigger fella gets to moving too quick, and they get a little top heavy, exactly. you know, and you can see. You're froze up, buddy. There we are. There we are. Uh, I. Uh, it's like a big guy yeah. gets to moving. Yeah, they get a little top heavy, you know, and they just yep. like they start leaning a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, and then down they go. Yep. Yep. Uh, except you know, and then this way it's and this one it's the uh, it's the ass end. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like driving across an icy bridge you just you you lose your ass end yeah yeah and it, um, it's it's one of those things that you know it, it, it's like anything in in any in any sport you have it doesn't matter what the sport is any sport you have whether it's human athletes or animal athletes you're gonna have wrecks it's gonna happen you're gonna humans are gonna blow a knee they're gonna break a leg they're gonna mm. flip they're gonna fall and uh you know, okay, you have a moment like this, and this horse just got deep. He was sitting too far down on his butt. That's why his hind end went out from under him first. I mean, he gets up. He's not that horse is not rattled. He's not strung out. There's nothing, nothing about that horse's body language says he's all that upset about it. He just, he just sat down. He literally stopped so deep. His hocks were in the dirt, and he had nowhere to go. But yeah, and then he just, he kind of looked embarrassed while he was laying there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of it. Yeah, I I don't know. I like when you when you when you you see it the first time, and you're like, oh shit, that something. I my first thought was like, did that something go out on a on a the Zassan just give out or what? Yep. And then uh, yeah, then you you watch it back. Uh, you know, you watch it back and you're like, oh yeah, yep. Yeah, it and just I lost your this, ass in. I said this earlier today, and it, and it and it it occurs in this group a lot. I wish I could have the the same confidence that an uh, an an uneducated uh, you know an, an an uneducated ignorant person has when they spout off opinions that have literally no backing no no factual backing whatsoever. They just they just write some tagline and they do it in utter confidence. And it's like you look at this and I'm like. 
I wish I could be that confident in my whole day-to-day life. Like, <laughs> you know, you see yeah. so much of it. It's like they have no idea what they're even looking at there. Uh, yeah, and some of the comments as a drug, I'd bet. Uh, this horse is probably 13 to 14 hands, and the guy is too big for it. Yeah. Not to mention that all that tack adds to the weight. No wonder it fell. Yeah. Um. No, that horse was fine. Like that was a. It's fine. That was probably closer to a fifteen-hand horse, and I mean, he wasn't tall, but that that horse was was built pretty nice. Uh, yep. Let's see. Uh, more like horse was back in the speed, like the pattern. Okay, and the back legs got too far under the horse to recover. There you go. Um, cruel. Oh, this is a, this is a dude. Obviously, that horse is not well and exhausted. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's just a lot of ignorance, and I don't say ignorance as a bad thing. I just no. just truly ignorant. They don't know any better. Um, I think equestrianism is an activity that requires focus and patience, as well as graceful and challenge, as well as a graceful and challenging sport. Yeah. All right, well, that's a... but but it's funny that some oh. people don't don't just say, "Oh, it looks like he took a misstep." I mean, that's literally it's it's kind of like tripping going forward, but he just had his feet in the wrong spot trying to back up and he got stuck. Like it is it's literally that simple, but nobody wants to go for the simple obvious. They they want to create an entire backstory. Now now the horse is drugged, he's undersized, <laughs> he's all these things and you know such as the, the, the lynch mob mentality of the internet is that people always want to go to the worst case scenario. And it's, it's not often that I'm back. Uh, internet, internet, uh, You're Elon, back. What, what's the deal, man? I don't know what, what, what's going on, but anyway, we're, they, uh, uh they're listening in. They don't like what we're saying, man. there i i don't know what may uh i'll i'll scroll through this and see if there's anything else that that uh is worth looking into but um no this why are people so stupid this horse is kicking out because it's genuinely not trusting the last thing you want to do is give it more reason not to trust you this is an example of a horse poorly prepared Trapped in a round pen, showing so many signs of stress and fear that she's completely missed. That she completely missed. And then the chase is the horse around because it kicks out. And then she steps, uh, it's a stream of consciousness. We'll watch this video and see what. Hopefully, hopefully my, my, my computer can handle it. Help me, Elon. We need, we need your Starlink. I know. We've been seeing it pass over our place quite a bit lately. It's kind of interesting. All right. The two-year-old, as she says. All right. Um,
I I don't know what that chick's mad about. Uh, I I don't know either. Yeah, it, this looks actually pretty good. That's a uh... yeah. She got grabby, but she's getting started. She was I prepared mean, for it too. I mean, it's gonna happen, you know. And yeah, and and she didn't she didn't do anything vindictive or or you know any retribution. Then, she just went back to what she was doing. I mean, <coughs> looks pretty good to me. Yeah, the second time around. That... Yep. Like there, that that horse pulled its mm-hmm. foot, and she did the the right thing. She said, "Well, if you don't want to stand there and give me your foot, you can move your feet around the pen here." And that's that comes right down to the the whole principle of make the right thing easy, make the wrong thing difficult. You could stand here, hang out, and let me look at your foot. Mm-hmm. Or you could do a few more laps around the pen. It's it's your choice. And uh, I heard something the other day, and it I realize it's it's kind of one of the principles of horsemanship is most people spend so much try, time trying to tell the horse where yeah. to be instead of telling the horse where not to be. And so the outside of that pen, running around in that pen there, that's where he doesn't need to be. He need he needs to be over that log. But if you try mm-hmm. to force him to stand at that log, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a fight. But if you show show him all the places he shouldn't be, and you let him come to that log, that, yeah. that's where that horse is gonna hunt. He's gonna hunt the right answer then. Yeah, I and I this I was like rocking vegan or something on TikTok. I, I thought I saw nothing wrong. Uh, first of all, that's a pretty gentle colt, and. Uh, and that's a seems yeah. like a gal that knows what she's doing a little bit. I mean, yeah, I like I got no problem with anything here. I, and I uh, yeah, like yeah, she didn't no. smack him on the ass, which is what I would have done. I like yeah, if he's gonna pull away no, like that, yeah, I would have I not not mean just pop him on the ass and get going, and then we'll try it again. But she just. She just kind of shoot him away, yeah. and uh, her I guess the Philly, but oh, I got nothing. I got no issue with that video at all. Uh, and especially like the second time around, that Colts yes, just—he's like, all right, whatever. I agree. Um, but yeah, this is a big long. Why yeah. are people so stupid? And like, I, the horse kicking out because it's a colt. It's young, two year old. Yeah, yeah, they're they're gonna take their feet. They're they're gonna do what they think they need to do in that situation until yeah, we that's show. That's why them you work with their feet. That's, that's part <laughs> like of the beauty of developing young. You keep working because you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> got to start somewhere. I mean, if it were me, I'd I'd rope a hind foot <laughs> off my saddle horse. And let you know, my if you don't work with their out, their feet, you, know, you end up me. on a Facebook rant from Derek Mott. You know about about why he charges extra to sh- to shoe your horses. Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. That's exactly. Uh, I, exactly I always it. like when when Derek gets on one. And he's uh he's got a way of putting things. Um. Oh man. Yeah, it's uh this uh Becca chick like she. 
I'm not seeing a bunch of her posts. Here we go. Uh, just when you think it can't get any worse, who would defend this? And then, so it's a horse with a, it looks like a dog chain uh, halter. Yeah, they just connected, you know, <clears throat> yeah. some stud chains off and like one of the mole leather lead ropes and, and the halter out of it. Horse probably pulls back bad. I, now, for me, I'd probably teach that horse not to pull back rather than just getting a stouter halter. But it, truth of it is, if the horse ain't pulling on it, it's not cruel if it, it's no different it's than not anything else. On I mean, head. like, yeah, like if, if he if he sits back, it's gonna it's gonna cinch down for sure, and then it's gonna right. be a little ouchy. Um. And uh, I mean, it's it's one way to do it. I prefer, right. you know, looping a, a lariat rope over over their withers, and you know, get the Honda coming up between their chest, and then tie. It. Yep. Yeah, and tie tie your your lariat shorter than your lead rope. Yep. And uh, once that that Honda pinches their their titty meat, they That's they right. they jump up pretty quick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and that and that works and that's effective. But it's it's like anything though. Like I mean, any that method, a lot of things in the wrong hands it can be mm-hmm. terrible. In the right hands, with someone a little common sense, right? Horse and, sense, and then like that that lariat deal, really that's only on a horse that pulls back. Like I don't I don't I don't do it to every horse. You know, I uh, the first the first couple of times I tie them, I'll, all I do is loop the lead rope around twice and then. You know, and then sack them out, you know, and le- le- that way they can slide. They give, you know, um, yeah. my dad would, uh, would tie them up to, to an inner tube and same thing, you know, it's just, uh, they can, they can pull back all they want and then they get pulled right back to the standing position. And, uh, oh, it's, uh, that's it. It's not meant to be an every time thing, you know? These 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 tools are are meant to correct a problem, and then they're they get put to the side. And yeah, it's I don't know That's that right. that somebody might have just uh, not had a somebody stole their last damn halter, so they had to make one. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's the hard thing with a picture. You never know the story. And, yeah. So the like the caption is like curious what the Karens have to say about this and. So, like, like I said, are they just? Was it something on on the on the fly because they couldn't find uh, one of the regular halters, or was it this made for you know, for one that pulls back and it's and it's a a, a training device? I, I I don't know. It's that's hard telling. What's the context? Well, the the, the things I see looking at that is. I don't see a whole lot of scuffed up hair on the bridge of his nose. I don't see any marks up by his pole. His jaw isn't raw and bloody. So it kind of tells me that 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 particular horse hasn't been fighting that halter. He's not been in a storm with it because there there would definitely be some marks and some some telltale signs there. So, I mean, is that any different than everybody loves these mule tape halters? You know, some of them are... are they're pretty thin. They got quite a bit of bite to them. Mm. They definitely won't break. You can tow a Mack truck with them. Uh, but, you know, they're made, the whole point and purpose in them is that yeah. they will not break. And your horse can pull on it all day and it's not going to break. And so is, is that rig there really that much different 
beside the fact that, that it's chain. And, and I'll say this for chain, rope that gets pulled tight and narrow and thin, a rope is going to, it's yeah. going to dig in a whole lot more than a flat chain against the side of their face. And that, but people see mm. chain and they immediately, immediately that that's cruel. But the, the truth of it is, is that I've, I've seen more damage done on horses. I've seen a lot of damage from a thin rope halter. I mean, getting right down in the meat. So this first they, comment is uh, so quite, badly. quite awesome. The sorrow in his eyes. Imagine what he goes through every day. That's just a glimpse. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Looks like a horse. Uh, he looks pretty bored. Yeah. Not a particularly photogenic horse. He looks a little sleepy. Yeah. I wouldn't say sorrowful. No. Um. No. Yeah, it's no. You know, and there's a lot of these people that just like don't need to own horses, but like this. All right, so. The the Becca chick, she more often than not will just post something wanting to be mad about. Like it's it's always wanting to be mad about something. She and you know they we got all they got yep. all these rules and and uh, you know things to keep everything friendly, but yet her posts are always like, "Have you seen what they did here?" And just just full Karen energy. <laughs> and uh and so you're just like yeah at the end of the yes. day like, i don't think it's about the horses at all it's about you being pissed off and having a place for people to yeah. validate your uh emotion yeah um and this one yeah pretty much is, you know like here and everybody's praising this well a roping on grass probably a little slick yeah like that's uh that's he slipped. Uh, Might have ought to put some caulks yeah. or some borium or something on on your feet there, but I mean again, athletes slip, they fall, they have they have moments where it's like, hey, yeah, it's, I didn't count uh, on this today, but this is what happened. I don't know, and and sometimes when it's when it's that slick, it's that slick. It don't matter what the hell you have on their feet; it's just that slick, you know. Here's the funny part, though, is that they, they all want to go after show horses and rodeo horses because, well, mm-hmm. because there's always there's always a cameraman at those events. And, of course, any cameraman is going to photograph the mm-hmm. wrecks because, you know, that's what people love seeing a good wreck. Whether it's NASCAR or rodeo, people love a wreck. Truth of it is, though, in my life, right now, I've got some friends that are diehard trail riders, and I'm talking like, get liquored up and get on yeah. your horse and ride for, you know, six hours through the hills, through some pretty ungodly terrain. I have seen more ugly wreck from trail riders, yeah. which are kind of celebrated on these pages. But I have seen some horrendous wrecks because the average trail rider, the average trail rider has usually never, never worked off of a horse. Most of them have never truly trained a horse. You know, the majority of them really only know, you know, riding down a trail, having a cocktail and that sort of thing. So a lot of them get themselves in some pretty bad situations. And it just happens that most people aren't videoing or or photographing that. But, you know, the same people that are on here that are, you know, I'm a trail rider and I teach my horse with 
nonviolence, this and that. But they're the same ones that are riding across a boggy spot because they didn't think enough to check yeah. the ground and, and burying their horse to, to his withers or or rolling their horse. Uh, well, off and the it's side they're they're hard to they they're hard to balance and, anyways because you know, they, they they're they're usually pretty round shaped. That's right. Um. Mm, yeah. So I mean, uh, exactly. it's uh, <laughs> built for rolling. It's like trying to riding. keep your 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 saddle in the middle of a of a barrel barrel shaped horse after they've been on grass for six months. You know. Yeah. It just. Yeah. And yeah, it's That's fun. Right. Particularly this Becca chick. Like I said, she's she's kind of shaped like a penguin. She she she's got a very Danny DeVito type uh, physique. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. help but think of the Mr. Yeah, she's kind of got the same attitude as kid. Mrs. Potato Head on on Toy Story. Uh, there's there's kind of a a, mm. lump, a lumpy body, a yeah, it's, attitude, um, and legs. Yeah, it, that that's the thing with a lot of the the trail ride community too. Is like they'll they'll put their horses in some bad spots and then they're too damn fat to get themselves out of it too. And so then it just ends up, yeah, you end up crashing, crashing, burning. And, uh, I don't know. Like I'm not the picture of physical fitness, but, uh, you know, I, I I gotta, I gotta stay somewhat in shape just in order to do the job. You know, I'm working on getting better at it, but it's, uh, you have you, you can't get too fat and and be effective as a as a horse trainer working cowboy you know right oh yeah and you know just just because someone is a professional at something doesn't doesn't mean that mm. people don't make mistakes you know sometimes you misjudge the ground sometimes you misjudge you know where your horse's feet are under you and and accidents happen you know and i and i I just feel like some of these groups are just so quick to it's they're like a bunch of coyotes and buzzards circling just waiting waiting for someone to make a mistake and and instead of saying I'm glad you're okay and I'm glad your horse is okay and and it's it's too bad that you know he slipped or you slipped or whatever it was you know people are so oh, quick yeah. to go for Well the and throat, like so you know, this particular picture I mean I I you get conditions like that with a little, you know, the small rain on feedlot all the time. And I like, there's a lot of people who just be like, trust your horse. He'll, he'll get yeah, you the right. Yeah. Like not every horse, some of them motherfuckers. I don't, I no, I will tell them where to walk. They, they, and I'll tell them how fast to walk. Yeah. You know, I'll tell them what, cause they, they, uh, particularly like the real, yep. the hot headed, real cowy types, like they get worked up so quick and they lose common sense. They get, yep. They're working the cow, and they don't pay attention to the rest of the surroundings. Yes, and uh, yeah, and you, there's also a massive difference mm-hmm. between horses that were raised outside and pen raised horses. You know, something that was that was born and didn't really interact with a lot of other horses growing up, grew up in a small pen somewhere or stall, and and while they might be good in the arena a lot of them horses yeah. on any kind of uneven ground they don't know what to do with their feet you know it's, it's like taking a town raised kid that's only played video games his whole life and and dropping him off on a ranch and expecting him to stay healthy he's probably going to mess up and mm-hmm. hurt himself because well he wasn't yeah, raised around uh, that kind of atmosphere it was like it was like me being growing up on the plains and 
uh, when I when I was around the mountains, the mountains were always to the west because as you know, if you grew up in eastern Colorado, that's that's how you knew the directions. Mount, mountains were west. And I got up into Montana, and I was yep. in this little valley where there are mountains everywhere, and yes. I couldn't tell you which way was up. You know, like I I, I was a flatlander. You know, I just like I I don't have a fucking yes. clue which <laughs> yeah, direction I'm going right now, but. And and then you know the guys that grew up around there they could they could tell you real easy but you you take them out to eastern Colorado and and uh, yeah they 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 have no landmarks to go off of and uh, you know if if uh, they they couldn't tell you either like what I don't know where we're at and uh, yeah it's uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's a whole different horses really are the closest thing. Uh, closest animal to to humans that i you know as far as like personality wise goes like they're every everyone's a little bit different and there's you know oh yeah the, the bloodlines you know it, it helps it's a good predictor but there's still quirks every every horse has their their little quirks yeah yeah, I, I I totally agree. I said that to someone today. I said, you know, training horses the way I look mm-hmm. at it, every horse is an experiment because every horse is a little bit different. And I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna look at the tools in my toolbox, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick which tools to use. But it's an experiment. I'm I'm hoping that will work. I have enough knowledge behind me that I'm pretty sure it will work. But sometimes you don't make the right choice, and you gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board and try something else. But uh, but I think that's that's what keeps yeah. me interested. Is, well, is every horse is a case by it's, case. Study, uh, you know? It's funny when you talk to some of like the some of the really top, well respected uh, horsemen trainers, whatever. Like Scott Hall's one who I I hide and I I hold in pretty high esteem uh, as far as horsemanship, and he's like, man, I ruined so many horses before yep. I ever figured out what I was doing. And it's just like, man, that it is what it is. Um, Me too, man. And at the at the end of the day, you have to realize that though they are they are an animal and they're not a human, so like they 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 tend to be kind of disposable. And that that's I mean, some people may not like that, but that's just kind of the way of the world. And uh, I don't I don't shy. Yeah, it's, it I'm not saying it's a yeah, good thing or bad like, thing. It uh, just it's a thing, <laughs> and it, and that's it, just how it is. And uh, that's right. Yeah. So right. I, and but there's there's these people yeah. like like this nonviolent equestrians group that um they live in Disney World and not not reality. Like they they're uh in their world all the animals Absolutely. talk and get along yeah. together, and um <clears throat> they they would probably view all the videos yeah. on uh, nature as metal as a hate crime, <laughs> you know, because uh. Well, when you actually see nature, it's a uh, boy. It, it's, yeah, uh, it's it's a great, nature's it's a great pretty, pretty uh, brutal, name to the account. <laughs> nature's nature's pretty fucking metal, man. <laughs> it, it, it really is. <laughs> there was uh, a yeah, they had a video metal. on the there the other day. Yeah. It was um, this whale was out out in the middle of the ocean. They called it the death belt, uh, the death belch, and uh the methane finally built up enough to where it just expelled the entire innards out, out through the, the blowhole. It was, it was gnarly like that. Wow. That's a, that was a lot of, a lot of stomach. 
<laughs> yeah, it's I, I uh, yeah, it's on. I was on their tonight. their Instagram page. It was it was wild, but yeah, man, yeah. this is this been fun. That's I uh, and if that that gal that commented the other day, if she happens to listen to this, we probably still didn't go too much in or enough it, into how much of a fraud this Becca is. I don't know much about her, and I'm not. I don't think she has any yeah. real influence in the world like there's i i wish we could get her on i would love to i mean i i don't think she'd do it but it would be it'd be interesting i I, uh but like i i don't know it's just yeah she's a fundamentalist um but but she's like the the fundamentalist leaders that you know they're they're always preaching this yeah. cause, but it's always the, the the real stories about them. And I think she just likes the the drama. Yeah. The the hard part for me, and that's what sent me over the edge, was the level of hypocrisy. You know, like when you're screaming at everybody about their saddle fit and what they're doing to their horse, and then you post a picture of yourself perched precariously up there on $250 you know, India made leather saddle that doesn't fit your poor horse. And the horse has just got a look on his face. You know, he's, you could tell he's just pissed off at the world. And, you know, you're smiling (laughs) from ear to ear, looking like Shrek's sister up there. And, you know, that's the part that really got my goat and kind of tipped me over the edge, you know. It's, it's one thing, you know, like I had that, uh, Jake Zilke was talking, uh, the guy that wrote Lost Cowboy, um, he was talking about the when he was down in South yep. Africa and they, they had like plastic saddles and they just used what they what they could. And that, there's one thing to that. Like it's not not an ideal, but yep. those guys were actually horsemen. Yep. Where, and I don't know what this lady's uh, financial Dude, situation is, but well, she is sure quick to to criticize without like if I if I was criticizing that hard, I wouldn't I wouldn't be posting pictures of my shitty ass saddle like that, you know. You know, when I was a kid, I used to when I was younger anyway, I used to be a lot more critical of other trainers, and I'd be looking for you know things to criticize because it made me feel smart, I guess. And uh, I had someone say to me once, they said, you know, I tried. I'm trying not to criticize the techniques of other rat catchers when they've caught a lot more rats than I ever have. And, uh, man, I look at some of these guys out there and I may not agree with everything. Right. Uh, And catching more rats, more buckles than all of them. Cowboys, uh, like most of your cowboys are pretty poor for the, for the most part. They're, they're not, uh, so like you, you actually, you learn how to, you learn how to judge a saddle because you probably can't afford the one that you really want. Um, and you find out that different size pads That's are right. a lot cheaper than, than uh, buying a new saddle. And if it ain't, if it ain't absolutely sore in your horse to death, like, like you can, you can experiment with some shit to make it fit a little bit better and, uh, and get by, you know, it's not great, great idea, but you make do with what you got. Well, what makes me laugh about all of this is that the majority of good hands that I rode around 
those guys may have been flat broke, but they were riding a custom saddle that cost at least two months' wages. It may have been used, it may have been worn, but sure enough, it was a custom and it fit real good. They were, you know, they had they had a custom, you know, a hand built bit in that horse's mouth that was mm. literally made to fit a horse, and and it wasn't made in a factory. There's there's no defects to it. It's it's made about perfect. They they're riding, you know, every bit of gear they have down to their boots is is custom even though they mm. can't afford it they find a way they trade for it they work side jobs do whatever and it and that quality that and it's not just about showing off it's about hey i don't want my horse to be sore i want to be able to yeah i don't want to cripple this sucker because i rely on him to to make a living so i'm going to give this horse the best gear i can give him most of those people will never understand that that while they're screaming about this and that most of these broke-ass cowboys are riding they're riding yeah. more quality fitting stuff than the majority of people out there. And, mm. and that's, that's, yeah. That's like they, that, that kind of gets me on, on the flip side, they'll, they'll have like four or five different cheap saddles that fit, that all fit different. So you can throw, you, you can, you can, uh, fit, fit your horse accordingly, yeah. you know? And it just, it, it's, uh, but like any any uh, guy that's been around for a while, like get 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 somebody new start, and like if they if they actually think you're 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 worth worth a shit yep. at all, they'll be like, hey, get rid of this, and you know, like they'll they'll usually like give you a little hand me down here. Why don't you try this bit? Why don't you try this pad? And then and if they're if they're real good, if they're real. They're really wanting to teach you something. They'll tell you why, what, what this, you know, why, why it does this, why this is better than what you have, and and uh, and what to look for next time. And like, yeah, when you get a chance, save up and uh, yep. try this. You know, try to find you one of these, or you know, and it's, uh, or you know, they'll right. be like, hey, uh, try try some of these saddles. They're they're, you know, they might be factory made, but they're they're a lot better. They're 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 still they're still pretty good quality. Uh, and that way you don't have to go spend yeah. $6,000 on a, yep. on a custom. You know, I get, yeah. build up to that, you know, but in the meantime, like stay away from these, 100%. try these, they, they, yeah, and, uh, I agree. and most of all, like keep a bunch of different, yep. uh, types of pads around because like I said, you can, you can do a lot with just changing your pad situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense. If I've got a pair of boots that's a little bit big and I put on a thicker wool sock, that boot's not going to sore me and it's going to make make me feel mm-hmm. pretty comfortable all day. Same goes for a boot that's a little bit tighter. Yeah. I might put it thinner. Yeah, and on. it's uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. It, it's like when you when you get when you get all the shitty horses to start with, you you get you you learn how to ride shitty horses. So then when when you actually get to ride a good horse, you appreciate it more and. uh and you, you, by that point, you you probably learned enough to where you can make that good horse leaving a little bit better from from a few tricks you learned on pukes. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. you always learn something, yeah, something new. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a fun, fun way of life. Not always the easiest, but it's it sure is fun. What do you uh? What yeah. do you got going up in the future? We'll we'll. I don't, I don't want to keep you too too awful late. No, you. I, All right, like I cool. Said, I'm a I'm a night owl. I'm I'm enjoying this. So you can keep me as long as you want to here. But um, I've got 
I've got some clinics coming up. I got nice. a, got a three day clinic coming next week up in in New Jersey, so that'll be a good time. And uh, just getting ready to make our our yearly migration down to Ocala, Florida. And uh, I always look forward to that because that's that's where I feel like I kind of have a sense of community down there. All my good friends are there, and, and it's such a horse centric town. Uh, you know, if you've never been there, you you can't even imagine the scope of of what that town is like as far as if you remotely like horses there's something for everybody there it's pretty neat and uh so i kind of i kind of save up my my party and fun stuff for going down there because it's it's just every night you know when you've got all these friends and no one's from there everybody's from somewhere else so you know there's always a barbecue there's going out to dinner there's having drinks there's doing this doing that and it's and when i'm up here man i just kind of stay at our place and ride my horses go do some clinics and stuff and kind of hide out here and uh so i'm excited about that that's going to be really good and my girlfriend and i are just it's kind of like moving a circus because she she's a trainer i'm a trainer so we both have training horses we both have personal horses we've got a couple interns we've got three or four staff members and uh we move all (laughs) of it down plus a whole passel of dogs and whatnot so it's (laughs) It's something, but that that's coming up. So that's kind of going to take the forefront. Tomorrow we're going to start organizing and getting everything kind of lined up for what needs to go down and what can stay here. And uh, that's uh, I do have next week. This is kind of cool. Uh, I've got Brett Davis coming to town next week. He's coming in. We're doing a, uh, a three-day oh, yeah. uh, Colt Sarton and Horsemanship Clinic t- together here. And uh, – Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. I think I'm really um, I'm actually really excited about it because it's for me it's nice. You know, Brett Brett's somebody that not only do I call him one of my closest friends, but he's uh, he's a genius with horses and and he's just got a really good way of, of presenting it and teaching. And so to be able to do that together, that's been a long time in the making for the two of us as, as far as our friendship's pretty old. And um, you know, so that's that's going to be great. We've got a lot oh, yeah. of friends coming from all over the country just to be there for the weekend. So uh, that's awesome. I I need to I need to run into him. I mean, he's just over at Fallon, so I'm not I'm not far away from him. But I, I need to I need to get a. I keep thinking I need to, and I just yeah. haven't done it yet. But hell yeah. yeah, they just got their own place over there. They're getting all set up, and I, I'm excited for that. He's really his. His uh his arc this past year or two has been really neat. He's done, you know, his wife is I, I would say Amy's the the brains behind it. Amy's done a really good job of building a video library, and I mean, there's a lot of good information on there, and a lot of fun too. Brett tells a lot of good stories and stuff like that. His uh, stories from South America are pretty great, and, but they've done a really good job of, of putting that out there and, and giving yeah, people something yeah i uh i'll have to look into some of that I, I think it's great he's uh he's a he's an interesting guy it's uh yeah it, sure it's is. uh sure? it's it's fun uh being around some somebody who like really truly knows what they're they're talking about like just like i don't know there there's whatever the like that subject may be you know with bread it's 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 horses but like there's certain people that just yeah. I like listening to yep. hear them talk because you like they know everything about a certain subject and just like oh it's it's yep I, oh I, yeah we got yeah. plenty of time 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you this quick. If, if we got the time, I'll make it. But, uh, but the, the way I met Brett, I don't know if I ever told you about that, but it, it was pretty funny. Uh, I was working for Craig Cameron back in, I think like 2007 or eight. And, um, and we were at a big horse expo deal in Oklahoma and Craig had to go somewhere that night and I kind of had nowhere to be. So Craig said, Hey, this kid used to work for me. He was at the expo today. Why don't you go with him? He's going out somewhere tonight. And I was like, I'm always game. You know, I said, all right, I'll load up. So I get in with this kid. We drive about two hours out to the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, on the way, we pick up these two guys that I could only, the best way I could describe how they look was to say, uh, <laughs> say white supremacist chic. That was about how they dressed. And uh, these two guys, they load up in the, the single cab of this old Chevy pickup. So it's the four of us crammed in this pickup, which is kind of awkward already. But now these two guys kind of want to fight me in the cab of the pickup. They're going, who's this? <laughs> you didn't tell me you were bringing anyone. And I'm like, man, I'm probably going to die here tonight. So fast forward, we drive out even further out into the country. We leave the trailer park. We pick them boys up at, and we get to what looks like an old chicken house, like an old school chicken house, just a block building in the middle of nowhere. But there's a, there's a reinforced pen full of wild hogs and there's a couple fellers out back and they're skinning and, and dressing out this one of the wild hogs. And, uh, we go on inside and it's, it's, the four of us and then we are the only white faces in this bar except for these two guys that sitting at one end of the bar by this little tv there was an older fella in a cowboy hat there was a skinny wiry fella in a white shirt and and a red beret and i'm like wow whatever i didn't think much of that but they were literally selling crap (laughs) in this bar this was this was by far one of the worst places i've ever been in my life and uh, did you buy any crack then too so i was like man this is pretty wild man and, uh, i didn't buy See, any crack. i feel like and i would have had that same exact I thing like i wouldn't have bought it and then yeah. kicked myself later for for I'm, i would have made the it would have made the story a little bit better so anyhow i'm in there and, and the night progressively starts to get worse because these boys are they're smoking crack and doing a lot of things, and I have no way to get home. I don't even know where I am. I didn't have a GPS phone. I didn't have anything. So I, I am at, literally at the mercy of these boys I'm there with. And they, they started getting weird toward me because I wasn't doing any of the drugs they were doing, and they started to call me a cop, which is no, never a good thing. I would in imagine a, not. In a crowded bar of crackheads to be called bad deal. So I slide down the bar toward the the two fellers down there they seemed all right and uh i introduced myself this one dude whips that the guy in the beret whips out a card and it says have saddle will and he's travel. wearing Brett a beret Davis. that's all set on it and his phone number gives me the card oh he's wearing okay. a beret. i guess he had come back from south america not too long before that and uh, and he had adopted the beret as part of his his go to town wear and uh so anyhow, I sat there talking with this guy, and and we figured out. He goes, "Yeah, I came in here. This is the only TV nearby, and I came in here to watch the NFR was on." And uh, he said, "I'm watching a buddy from home, Zach Oaks." And I said, "By God, I know Zach Oaks. I'm good friends with his bro- brother Joe." And he goes, "I'll be damned. You know, we get to talking, and we're you know shooting the shit as cowboys will do. And where'd you work? I worked here, whatever." And uh, he says, "Man, he says you're gonna be all right in there." I said, "I don't know." I said, how are you all right? 
He pulls back his shirt and he's got a big old hog leg tucked down the front of his pants. He goes, he goes, they know I'm packing this and nobody's going to bother me. And I said, well, I'm going to sit here with you boys. So I sat there with them for the night and, and uh, Brett literally helped get me out and get me into the truck because things started to get pretty ugly for me. They started, other people started calling me a cop and this and that. And I thought I was going to die. And I, I tell everybody, I'm pretty sure Brett saved my life that night. And, uh, and I made it home one where I made it home at six in the morning, had to be work at seven. That kind of sucked also, but I was alive and I hadn't smoked any crack. So, you know, like on the, on the whole life was pretty good and I got a good story out of it. And, uh, That's awesome. we stayed friends I, ever since. Yeah. That, I've, that was, uh, that was kind of cool. I've never, I've never been around crack cocaine. I've seen, I've seen some, some powder cocaine, uh, trade hands. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in the cowboy world, you're going to see some You know, I tried that stuff a couple that, times that was and my uh crack experience. I I liked it and I decided I should probably just not do that anymore. Like I, it was uh, it literally was a couple times and I'm like, "Nah. I can see <laughs> how people get strung out on this shit." And uh so I, like yeah, I don't I uh I I like exactly. I like to smoke the green stuff, but the Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at these days. I was, I was never, I always used to think there was such a stigma attached to it that I was like, I'm not a hippie liberal. I'm not smoking that stuff. But to be honest, you know, it's, it's been really good for me because I, with how much I put on my plate, I'm a hard time sleeping at night a lot of times and just get anxiety about everything I have to do. And, uh, that's really helped me chill out and, and be able to sleep and be able to just, you know, really Almost be more present. Yeah, it depends on the like your you pick your poison on that you know on strains, but like the you find one that I I found some stuff that like like it just it it focuses all my thoughts. And you know, there's some of that some of it where your 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 thought like you get to thinking way too much, and then yeah, I've had some that's way too strong, man. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like I was, uh, I felt like it's it's pretty crazy. I I did. Speaking of, you know, the, the buying crap, I did buy a dime bag uh, of weed on uh, Beale street in Memphis, but that, so that, that's about, that's about the most uh, gangster shit I've done uh, (laughs) here recently. But, uh, that I, I had, I had to do that. I was like, I'm, I'm here. I got to, like and they they smoke a different type of weed down there. I don't know what what the strain is, but that that it's the shit that just hangs in the air. You know, it's like it's like real real thick, real dank stuff. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's uh, Donkey, yeah, yeah. There's so much variety to it now. It's, yeah, it's see, I odd. it's not like the I never really started smoking it till it, it uh till it was legal and uh and so now like. Yeah, it's actually it's good for a bunch of those burnouts too because they can go work at a weed store and then they actually know what they actually know what they're talking about. And uh, that's right. It's uh, yeah, uh, I, Maryland. I imagine it's illegal. It's legal there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can pretty you can buy it at, at a smoke shop for the most part, and uh, you know, there's a lot of weird like. There's like county law, state law, federal law. So it's 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 weird in some places. Like I know in New Jersey, they can't uh-huh. can't. It's it's everywhere. But you you'll go and they'll like 
they'll sell you a rubber boat bracelet and like you buy the, the, the first tier, it's like a $50 bracelet and you buy that bracelet and it comes with a free gift and you get to pick what your gift is. And so you're buying the rubber bracelet, you know, that says, you know, Mike's house of weed or whatever on it. And, uh, but then they, then they'll say, okay, so with this bracelet, you can pick from anything on the shelf. And with this bracelet, you get this shelf and that, that's how they get around it there. But there's, there's a lot of yeah. weird. That sounds like the, the episode of King of the Hill it, where uh, Peggy opens the bookstore and then the Dale's Gun Club comes in there and then like they they buy a book for five hundred bucks and they get the gun for free or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly. Um, exactly I, I was I forget. I think it was on. I was listening to Legion yeah. of Skanks. I think it's and. Different. Uh, you know they're all they're all from New York City, and they're talking about how like every <laughs> bodega sells weed now. But it's I mean they they're not doing it legally, but like no, they don't they just don't enforce it at all. No. Yeah, and that, for penny, weed, that's what it know, should be, honestly. It. Like, it really yeah, I agree. I never thought, mm. but see that that's where I think like liberals have been right for a long time wanting to legalize it. I'll be honest, for a long time I was like, oh, we can't legalize it. It's going to wreck everything. People are going to be high everywhere. Yeah. Truth of it is. I just wish Colorado wouldn't have done it. Uh, you know, been one of like the first ones to do it. I wish they would have let a couple of the other states do it first and they would have got all yeah. the bums first. But I don't know. It's Colorado. It's beautiful. You were going to get some bums. Yeah. Bound to get some bums, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Florida is is a similar state in that, you know, Florida is so, I mean, their laws, it's a pretty, it's pretty mm. based, that state. Like, you know, stand your ground laws. So, I mean, you can, someone can mess with you. You could turn around and smoke them and you stick your ground and, and you're not going to jail over it. I mean, Florida is like wild west days down there, but because of their, of their laws, it mm-hmm. attracts a lot of derelicts and a lot of people that are, you know, pretty sick. but you've got, again, like you said before, you got to pick your poison. It's like, for me, I really appreciate the personal freedoms and the lack of government encroachment that Florida offers so that's why I choose to make my residence. That's, you know, I'm a resident of Florida and I never thought I'd be a resident. I never in my life wanted to live in Florida, but now with the way the world is, yeah. Florida was amazing during the lockdown. I mean, they just, they really worked with people. They really made it so people could stay in business. Yeah. And, uh, that that was a nice thing about being, there, so being out in cool. rural America, you know, uh, N- Nevada, it was so weird because Nevada yeah. on paper was a terrible state during the, the lockdown. Um, and if you were in Reno and Vegas, yes. uh, especially Vegas, but then, yeah, it kind of was, but everywhere else was just like, yeah. I don't know, I guess are, are we still doing this? Uh, and like, it, like life didn't really change much for me. I, I know I was, yeah. yeah and, uh, there wasn't and then like yeah the rural counties like pretty quickly were like nah we're not doing that and um it it was yeah what a weird time man like the last like 10 years have been so insane like we're yeah and then it feels yeah 
what's your what's your take um, on what's happening now? Like as far as in the Middle East, I, I think we're going to war. And I guess if we're going to war, I'd rather it be in the Middle East than in Europe because if uh, if we're going to war in Europe, that means like full scale mobilization, and uh, that means the draft's coming back. That me and that means we're at war with Russia, yeah. and that's not good. Um, uh, I don't want to go to war That's at right. all. I've, 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 we've been at war my entire adult life, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done yeah. with it. You know, I've got a, a lot of buddies that, that got went went and got fucked up for nothing, and uh, um, yeah. And the, the truth be told, I think that I think that it's our poking our nose in there. I think is is a tactic on the part of, you know, I can't even say Biden, yeah. but Biden's handlers, whoever, whoever manages the puppet. Um, I think that, you know, it's like, Hey, we don't have much of a chance here because even, even Democrats are starting to see through Biden and see through kind of the sham that is our, our world leader right now. And, uh, I think that to, to try to give themselves some ground and, and to really kind of try to root themselves in yeah. there, you know. Well, why not there, pick a war? I mean, why not pick a fight? Uh, you know, every every president that's been uh, had a war in his first term has been reelected. Um, and um, that's, that's and so exactly I mean, it kind of fits the mold. Exactly um, Biden's been pretty hawkish from the get go. I mean, he. His greatest achievement was he got us out of Afghanistan. The withdrawal was was a disaster. No, I mean no doubt yeah. it was. That all being said, terrible man. It but. was thirteen dead, uh, as opposed to another couple thousand if we drag it on uh, for another yeah. ten years. And uh, so, while it wasn't pretty, and and like I think heads should roll for the how terrible it went. At least he got us out of there. You know, and uh, that might be an unpopular opinion, but what, whatever. I mean, that we we've been there far too long. And when you look back at that, when we could have had uh, Bin Laden by Christmas of two thousand one and out of there, and that's what's infuriating. Like we had yep. him, we could all yep. the, all they had to do was they they. They said they didn't want to send too many troops in because they didn't want it to look like it was a full-scale war. And then we went and sent those troops in and more later on yeah. anyway. So, like, what, what What did it matter? What, why not just get the job done? Yeah. And that's uh, that's always the thing. Uh, yes. The Israel shit, it was bound to happen one way or the other. The That Gaza situation, I, I got... Yeah. I'm sympathetic to to Israel and all, all the, you know, the Jewish state. However, you guys are kind of assholes to the Palestinians yep. and, at, and particularly at Gaza, like that's a, essentially an open air prison. And, uh, it was only a matter of time till something popped off and yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my, yeah, my worry is, uh, that Israel's just going to lay waste and, then turn the whole Arab world against it. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's been, 
Yeah. It's going to just and, be, uh, it's going to be another like 40 year war. And the thing is, it's not 1967 anymore. All the, all the countries around Israel are pretty well armed and, uh, have also had their own wars for the past 40 years too. So they're, they're pretty seasoned fighters at this point too. So it's like, it's going to, yeah. if it pops off it, and escalates between, you know, multiple countries, it could get real ugly. And, uh, I have no doubt that we'll be right back in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, my, my hope and prayer is that, mm. you know, some kind of resolution comes about and they, they lay things down. And yeah. I'm not sure either. That. I will say I'm, I'm, sure I'm no fan of Biden, but I'm rooting like hell for the guy. Cause I don't like his successor there. And, um, I'm really, really <laughs> fucking glad they didn't, yeah. uh, try to bomb him while he was over in Israel. Um, honestly, that tells me that like, know. you know, they're, they're, they're really itching for war with Iran. And that shows like, if there was a chance to like inflict maximum chaos on the U S that would have been it because Biden goes down. Kamala's the, now the commander in chief. And then there's no speaker of the house at the moment. So it like, it would have been chaos. And, uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm really, really glad it didn't happen. And 100%. I don't know, man. It's, yeah. uh, they're all, it's, it's weird because you have this whole Ukraine thing, which like it got pushed to the wayside with, uh, with the Israel stuff. But like we're still like very precariously almost at direct hot war with, with Russia. We're in a, pro- a proxy war with them already. Um, we're 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 kind of poking China real yeah. hard, um, and now now we got the now we got shit yeah. popping off in the Middle East again. In the meanwhile, like our our complete our ammunition supply has been almost completely depleted. Um, like Israel is short on ammo now because yeah. the stockpile that we were keeping there we sent to uh, Ukraine. Uh, we had to borrow ammunition from south korea to send to ukraine and uh yeah and then we're not we're not on like a full war footing as far as the industrial production goes so we're not ready to fight a war but yet they seem like they're pushing real hard for a war somewhere yeah and and that's i i couldn't agree with you more there and i feel like you know not only are we, we depleted on ammunition, but you know, in the in the new military, mm-hmm. the new modern military, it's it is so woke now that these soldiers aren't getting the same kind of training that soldiers 10, 15, 20 years ago mm-hmm. were getting. You know, because you can't you can't be too hard on them and you can't you can't let that guy fight, you know, you can't you can't kick him out because he's too fat and you know, this one and that one, you know, you can't say mean things and you can't make them tough and, and all of it. And I just feel like, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm worried. We're becoming well, and they kicked out joke. all the real door kickers. Cause they didn't want to get the, they didn't want to get the, the shot. Um, they essentially forced yep. them out. Uh, they're, they're yep. cutting the spec of all things. They're cutting the special yep. operations budget. Um, like I, I don't know how that happened when yeah, they, good. they just keep increasing the rest of it. Um, and we're in like a whole new 
era of warfare too. Like mm-hmm. the, it, it was really eye opening here a couple couple weeks ago when I was in Colorado for uh, for that Brock futurity. So um, Jeremiah Wilbur with uh, War Party Movement, he's uh, he's former Green Beret, and then he had a, a bunch of uh, guys from his his old uh, his old squad were there, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and they've got buddies that that are advising over in Ukraine right now, and he's they. They were telling them that it's like there's just drones everywhere, like commercially available drones, just like your your Walmart type drones um, yep. everywhere. And then you just like see them buzzing around. And if they're not dropping a grenade or something like shortly after they leave, then here comes a, a missile bombardment. Yep. And uh, and uh, like the cartels and stuff are and the, the, the you know, your your militant groups around the world are also picking up on this deal because. You saw what they did with Gaza. Like they took a couple those cheap drones, dropped a couple grenades yep. on their communications setup, and essentially knocked out a you know multi billion dollar uh, yep. defense you know barrier. And it's uh, so I mean at the end of the day, like uh, I don't know if you're else. I mean, like you got Russia and Ukraine, where it's like army versus army but everywhere else in the world it's just it's guerrilla warfare and uh if anything like yeah america is definitely yeah. not ready for conventional uh military war at, like like you'd see in europe they're definitely more suited for yeah. for guerrilla you know um <clears throat> uh what, what not on un- unorthodox um unconventional warfare that's that's more where they're suited to after 20 years of of being in the middle east so i guess if i had to if i had to choose that'd be that's rather that's right th- those countries aren't near as powerful as as russia or china and uh like we're we're a little more used to fighting them over there than yeah so ah uh, yeah mm, yeah i think it's, it's, a, it's the a one where we have uh so speak a better chance of coming out ahead, I'd think. Um, and I, I guess in the, if yeah. it goes to the spoils, at least there's oil down there. Like you're, Europe's not giving us much. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why we're still friends with <laughs> yeah. most of the European countries there. They kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They really do. There so many of them are, you know, they'll, they'll tell you what you want to hear to your face. And then they're, you know, behind your back, they're, they're kind of shirking yeah. any responsibility or, or, or any allegiance, you know? And, and I think that, you know, that's, that's something that we have to keep in mind and kind of contend with. Um, you know, I do think as much as, as much as the Israelis might be, you know, they might be kind of asses about some things and, and maybe, maybe unfairly harsh in some situations here. I do think I do believe in the importance of supporting Israel, and and maybe it's just um, you know grow, growing up in church and growing up you know raised that you know I was always raised that we were we have the favor that we have you know and, and I guess the blessings we have in this country because we've always we've always found favor in, in Israel and so you know Mulder now and I'm, I'm not sure how that fits politically or, or not, but it is something that I always held on to. And, and I always kind of mm. believed is that we've always kind of backed them and we've, we've always been a, 
a strong ally, and they've been a strong ally back to us, probably stronger than a lot of a lot of European nations and stuff like that. So I think they, I think there's an an important factor that that we support yeah. them. Yeah, but how it's, involved uh, we get is is kind of to be seen. I don't know, man. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a real it's a real uh, complicated situation over there. Like the it. I guess what for me, like if people would just call the whole Israel situation what it is, uh, what it re- truly is, which is a, a war of conquest, it, it it would just like call it what it is would make at least clear yeah. the air a little bit. It's like, all right, Palestine, this used to be Palestine, but it's now Israel, and get on board or we're kicking you out. Like that's kind of that's they they've essentially done that, but they've um, they've pussyfooted around it when they've had to. And then other times they've laid the hammer when they had to. And yeah, I, there's conquest is ugly. That's all there is to it. I think I, yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, it went on here in this country long, long before we ever, yeah. before white men ever set foot on this continent, you know, your native tribes were always, it was always conquest. Who's going to take the best hunting grounds. Who's, we're going to steal their women and, you know, enslave their children and this and that. And, and conquest is just kind of the name. It's an ugly truth about for, for every modern civilized artistic culture that's out there. Yeah. Somewhere in its past, nobody wants to talk about was conquest, you know, and it's, it's just, it's part of it. But I think that, you know, looking at, at Israel, like this is something mm-hmm. it's, them fighting is almost inevitable. Like you can slice it every which way you want, but I mean, pre-biblical yeah. times, those people were fighting with each other, and it's it has gone on and on, and it's it is just a it's a it's a tribal, um, almost a primitive concept. I think it's like, hey, these are our enemy, and I was raised, and my grandparents were raised, and their grandparents were raised that these are our enemy. And, you know, when there's enough heat, they're going to strike. And, and it's, you're right, it's conquest, but it's, yeah. it's, it's also like deep down part of the inside. We're society. all a little bit racist to one group or another. And, you know, like for me, it's like, it's, uh, it's like the French and the Brits. Cause That's, like the French helped us win independence. And I, I kind of begrudge them for that. Yeah. And then, you know, fuck the British. Like I, I, I still don't understand why we're friends with them. Yeah. Like we, we kicked them out a long time ago, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's just a case of, you know, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I think Britain takes a stand against a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of forces that we're also against. And so it's kind of like the lesser of two evils. And it's like, well, if they, if they hate Russia or they hate Nazi Germany and we hate Nazi Germany, so I guess it's better to be friends and have yeah. them as an ally than it is to be fighting them as well as Nazi Germany, you know? Yeah. And I think that we, we tend just to the mindset there. go cause problems where but, um, they don't, we don't need to cause them. And then we, then we, that gives us a reason to go, you know, clean up the, you know, like, and then at the end of the day, so like Saddam Hussein, I think the whole world can agree was, uh, was a brutal dictator, horrible person, whatever. Yeah. Uh, us Americans have killed far more Iraqis than he ever did. And so you're just like, um, maybe Ron Paul was right. We shouldn't have went. 
you know, may, maybe leaving Saddam in power was the better, as bad as it was, it was a better solution yeah. than, yeah, it was, uh, cause we killed about a million Iraqis yeah. and displaced, you know, tens of millions and, uh, thrown the whole region into, into instability and chaos. Uh, and so it was just like, Oh, yeah. whoops, that, that didn't work. Like we thought. Well, I, I think uh, I think you know as much as much as so many people don't want to like Trump. One of one of the policies that that I got behind, you know, at the risk of people calling you a nationalist and such, is oh, that oh yeah, we need to take care of our own housekeeping here before we fund and stick our nose in in everything else. Like, I mean, look at just mm. just for starters, let's let's look at the mental health crisis that we have in this country, like literally a crisis like there are just everywhere you got there's crazy people in the streets and crazy people well, are always and, gonna self, and it comes to from all facets i mean so you've got like you got like the homeless drug encampments in all the major all cities facets. you have like this whole trans phenomenon where yep let's face it those are all mentally ill people for the most part that are they're yep. shrieking about trans rights and and whatnot you have like yeah. the dude that tried to uh, I don't know if he was if he was fucking Paul Pelosi, but either way he fucked him up with a hammer. That dude was like a former nudist turned yeah. QAnon follower. Yeah. And then well, you have all these people that yeah. uh that literally thought Donald Trump was gonna be able to uh implement martial law or something and and you know still be president and they like was was there other were the feds involved? Yeah, did they probably kick it off? I don't know, but probably. But also, there was a lot of crazy fucking Trump yeah. supporters that were crazy enough to go along with it. And, and you're like, that's some mental mental health issues going on there too. Yeah. And you're like, how, how many pills were all these people on too? You know, like. How many of these people honestly could be fixed if they just go yeah. run a couple of miles every day too? Like just go do. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, I think that, you know, one of the worst things we did in this country was get, get rid of, um, you know, mm -hmm. mental institutions, uh, asylums, things like that, because at least, you may not have fixed them, but at least there was somewhere for people to go that they could be kept safe from themselves. They can be, other people can be kept safe from them. And I'm not saying that we need to treat them like animals and have deplorable conditions or mm -hmm. anything like that. But we've just, we've got to do something about what's going on because it's, it's like, we're just in this cycle of people are getting crazier and no one's doing a thing about it. And, yet we're trying to help Ukraine and we're trying to stick our nose over here. And, you know, we're, we're doing massive funding for, you know, transgender furry teens and, and all of this stuff. And, and again, I, I'll make it clear that I'm not against if you, whatever you want to do to your body, if that's, on if you. you're but an that's adult not, and able to make those decisions. Yes, absolutely. You know? But yeah. Yes. But then again, I'm all for yeah. I'm all for some of my tax money going to help the mentally ill. So if you want to cut, if you want to cut your wiener off and say that you're mentally ill, then why not? I'll support it because I'm I'm willing to support the mentally ill. 
But, um, but at the end of the day, like, I think that we're so busy, we're so busy, you know, trying to yeah. fix all these other things that really don't matter that much. And I, I we're agree. Missing, we're missing agree. the boat on bigger pictures here. You know, we've got, mm-hmm. we've got kids going to bed hungry here in our country, but we're trying to, we're trying to save kids in Ukraine. And while I will, I don't want a kid to perish anywhere. I do want the kids in my own backyard taking care right. of first. Well, and, that's, and that's honestly, if like our government our thinks like, that going to war, like, and let's just say, let's give them all the charity in the world. Take them at their word that they truly believe like this is an existential threat and, yep. and uh, you know, a threat to American interest, whatever. And we got to go to war and it's coming around. I don't know if you, if you yep. watch TV here lately, but like on the, watch a lot yeah, of it, but, um, but what i've been hearing is well, like so heading that direction for for the past four or five years like all the military commercials have been um inclusive diversity social justice trans oriented um yes. so i've been watching a lot of football because uh, i think it's yeah. i think sports are actually very important in society um they're 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 a way for for warriors to to stay in shape and uh, blow off steam so they don't they don't end up killing a bunch of people. Um, yep. Yeah, honestly, and uh, yeah. they, they modern day gladiators. You can people can look down on that or whatever, but I think it's an important part of society. I think it's essential. Um, but also, uh, yeah, you know, now the the commercials are starting to go back towards like the old '90s style where the they're showing badasses and. Uh, you know, and so like they they actually aff- effective recruitment and stuff, yeah. as opposed to all, all whatever the fuck we're doing. We were doing this last like five years, you know. Um, so but at the same time, you know, like let's just take a method word that like that this war is gonna is imminent and it's necessary and whatever. At the same time, they're like feminizing an entire yeah. generation of young men. Um softening society yeah. to a point where like I'm not sure we can win a war like even if we had like we ramp up uh you know say like we get to the like World War II style uh yeah. industrial capacity and whatnot and and you know like the women are on uh, on the assembly lines and then the men yeah. you know we're going to have a bunch of really soft weak kind of pathetic people uh out there you know You know, a saying that I love that I think is so relevant now is that um, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times or soft times. Soft times make soft men. And soft men makes hard times. And I think we're, we're, we're in that cycle right now where, you know, as much as people want to gripe about boomers and stuff, that boomer generation fought a bunch of wars for us, you know? There's a lot of lot of soldiers, a lot of warriors came out of that boomer generation. As annoying mm-hmm. as some in the boomer, you know, a lot of Karens and stuff come out of there. So it's it's frustrating. But I think that we're in a place where we haven't had a real war in quite a few years. Um, enough years that a lot of a lot of kids who are of draft age or or of enlistment age right now, you know, that younger side of that, 
they don't remember the mm-hmm. horrors and kind of atrocities of, of war. You know, I mean, looking back to like nine eleven, that was that was nine eleven and and like Desert Storm and and uh, and the the Iraqi wars were they were some of the first truly televised wars. Like we watched. I mean, I was a mm-hmm. kid watching buildings blow up, people getting gunned down on you know on night vision and this and that. And literally right in our living room, we sat and watched the war being fought. And it, it was like you were a part of it. And I think that added to the level of uh, patriotism and understanding. Like, I remember just being a kid and understanding that, like, war is horrible. Like, it's not to be romanticized. It's it's horrible. It's yeah. necessary at times. And we have to defend what we have. Otherwise, we won't have it. Because, like yeah. we were talking about before, it, it comes back to conquering. And, and if you're not... Con- Green, you're going to be conquered. It's kind of how it, how it goes, unfortunately. But I think as kids, our generation, we were much more in tune to that. We understood that, like, as ugly and, and terrible thing as it is, it's, it's, it's a necessary evil. And now we have, we have kids so far removed from that, kids that were born in 2000 and, and around that time. They're adults now, and they don't have that, that kind of moral compass yeah. that we did. Um, because we were affected by yeah. all that. We saw 9-11 happen. We watched that. Um, you know, we watched, yeah. we watched all these other underhanded attacks that, that occurred. And, uh, and that made us, that made us realize some of us have to step up and be warriors. We got to be strong men and, and women. And, and, uh, now we're in a place where they're oh, like, we need to resolve conflict uh, through healthy hey, I got a kiss real bad. So let me, yeah. let me pause this real quick and then we'll, and we'll be right back. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Good. Yep, you bet. I'm gonna do the same. You bet. You know, I um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really glad you brought up that quote, uh, and it's uh, you know, you hear it around a lot, and um, almost to the point of being overused. But I, I, I don't yep. think it is because I it just, <clears throat> it's so it's so relevant to today's day and age. And, yeah. And, you know, I've always had a, I guess I've had a kind of a unique experience through life. I was, uh, I was a foster kid for a little while. I lived kind of in limbo for, for, uh, for several years. And I realized early, you know, fairly early on that like the world's going to do what the world's going to do. And there's just a lot of shit you can't control. So you just, you focus on what you can do. And, uh, so I read a lot. I played, you know, like baseball was like one yes, of my, uh, one of my, my getaway places. Uh, I hated riding horses when I first started, like, uh, cause I got thrown on the pukes and, uh, and I, I like, I hate, I absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to where I loved it, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. at the point now where like, I, I got two kids and they're, they're old enough now to where they're they're uh involved in some activities so like my boy my boy uh we took him to boy scouts the other day and uh i was in for for like a year year or two when i was young and um i always kind of enjoyed it and then uh we we went to a meeting and i was like yeah this would be a good thing and then you know you, you start reading through like the boy scout oath where it talks about being strong and reliable and dependable and, and you're just like yeah that's that's how it's supposed to be and so like I want my kid to be part of this. And then, you know, there's a big stink here a couple of years ago. Now there's girls in, in the yeah. Boy Scouts. And uh, I, 
I thought I wasn't a fan of that. And then like the way they got it set up, you know, like I, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that my, like my daughter gets a chance to do all this stuff too. And, um, and once they hit, I think it's like 12, then they split them into different troops and then they do their own separate activities and not co-mingled anymore. But, um, so I'm like, I don't know. It seems like, I still think there's, there's nothing wrong with having something just for boys and something just for girls. But at the same time, after seeing it in practice, like, eh, I don't hate it, you know? And, um, so now, now my daughter's in scouts and, uh, and we can't, well, she was going to go her first choice was girl scouts but they did they were too full they didn't have enough room for her so uh, well all right fuck it now she's now she's in boy scouts they're like uh, okay so eh. yeah and i i think that uh i think that one one of the things we've run into in our society that that is problematic in the grander scheme of things is that we've lost a mm-hmm. lot of things that were hey this is for girls and this is for boys and it, we're not saying that because this is for boys, it's better than what's for girls or vice versa. It's that sometimes it's, it's important to celebrate the sexes because while I believe that majority of women can do most things a men can do and men can do most things a woman can do, it, you know, if either sex puts their mind to it, I, I support all of that. But I think that if you look at what, especially women, what women fought for as far as equality and breaking the glass ceiling and the feminism movement and all of it, which I'm more, I'm more feminist than people would, would guess me to be because I, I really support women doing a lot of things. I personally, I'd rather hire women to ride for me than men because I, I find that women are usually, usually, easier to, to coach and they're softer on the horses and they're more open-minded and there's a lot of things. So I'm, I'm definitely, you know, pro women in so many ways, but I think that what women fought so long and hard for as far as through the feminist movement of that, I'm a woman and I can do everything, but I'm still a woman, um, was, was a good thing. You know, there, there were times that it was controversial and everything, but I think that now, by blending so many things, you know, especially mm-hmm. like allowing guys to compete in women's sports and stuff, I think it just it almost makes a mockery. It's like it's like going backwards. It's like saying, well, well, see, the best woman, the best woman in swimming is a guy. And that really I think I think that what a lot of people don't realize is the same people that are screaming for that to be allowed are not realizing that their grandmothers battled for equality saying that we're women and that's who we are. And we are, we are beautiful and we are powerful and we're all these things. And now you're saying, yeah, you're all those things, but you're not as powerful yeah. as a male swimmer. He's, he's more powerful. So the best, the best swimmer is a dude, <laughs> you know? And I, and, and again, I, I have no problem with, all of this gender bending and all things. And, and I'm sorry if I come off course because I don't fully understand all of it and what to call it. So I'm not, I'm not being ignorant or, or hateful. I'm just saying, I, I'm not sure what terminology to use for different things. But I think at the end of the day, there is an importance to celebrating women for the things women can do, celebrating men for the things that men can do. And having some separation there is what keeps the mystery of the sexes alive. And I, I think we're departing from that in a way that's not necessarily healthy. Yeah. And that's, I think, well, part of why and, so and also like now. the, the swimmer dude, 
Yeah, it's just like you don't have to be scared to be yeah. like, hey, yeah. you're a bitch. I see you. I see what you're doing. You couldn't hack it, and yeah, uh huh. Yeah, you're, you ha- you're hopping you on this latest trend, so now you're just gonna uh, and so you're gonna go. You're gonna go get your 15 minutes of fame. Meanwhile, you're you're walking around with your dick out in in the ladies' locker room, yeah. and uh, and people are celebrating you for it. And and you know you know what right. you're doing. You know it ain't right, and and uh, and you don't care. You're because you're a yeah, piece you of shit. I don't care what you identify as. It's a piece of shit at the end of the day. Well, right. Exactly. And, and like, it's, it's the same as like when people are like, well, you know, men and women can both play basketball and and women have their own league. And I'm like, yeah, but how many women are slam dunking? How many, how many people choose to go to a WNBA game versus, versus NBA? Because, I don't care what woman it is. Men and women are different. Not one better, not one worse than the other, but we're different. And that's the beauty of the yin and yang, the opposites attract. That's the beauty of what makes men, men and women, women. I'm good at man things, but there's so many things that I rely on my significant other for because she's a woman and I can't do those things or I don't see it that way. And I rely on her to bring that femininity to our relationship And that's what makes what we have great. Like I couldn't imagine, again, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I couldn't imagine living with a guy one-on-one and trying to, like I would miss so many of the things. It's not just, it's not just her body or physically or anything like that, but I love the feminine touches around our home and, and things like that. And I I think that's, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid we're losing that stuff. The WNBA thing is a weird one because um, like the the women's March Madness, the the championship game was one of the higher rated games ever. I mean, it was like a lot of people tuned in to watch it. Uh, and and the the women's tournament routinely gets like pretty good viewership. For whatever reason, the WNBA does not. I don't know. Yeah, exactly what the reason is. Um, but it's not because they're women. Uh, you can look at like the UFC. Uh, there's like legit star yeah. women fighters in the UFC now a lot of them like 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 well known names like and oh yeah there's some badass and and they get thrown in on a on a on cards at a regular regularly like either uh, and and sometimes main events co-main events um but yeah, yeah like they're they're talented they're it's really talented fighters and they're talented. and they're fun to watch so people watch uh, for whatever reason. I don't know why the NBA, WNBA. Yeah. I don't watch basketball, so I don't. It's uh, so I I don't know why the WNBA does so bad. But like when college women's basketball does fine. So, um, like the women's soccer team, people yes. would watch it when they were good and they weren't all up on them this political bullshit. Like back when like Mia Hamm was playing. People would tune in and watch it because because yeah. they were kicking ass. Uh, they were all- so like it's yeah. it's not the it's the product yeah. you're putting on the uh, out to the to the market. Like the market doesn't want it, so get a better product. You know that, that that's you know that that would be yeah. one sport where uh, the like the, the trans the trans women would uh, would 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 really bring in the eyeballs because if you 
if you got LeBron playing against a bunch of bunch of chicks, you know, like two hundred points a game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like yeah. I, I think, you know, back back in the day, in uh, there was a and it, I think it was like particularly down in Texas, like there was there was no women on the Brandon crew. Like the the women stayed and cooked the meal, and now there's yep. like there's women all throughout it. So it's like come a long yep. ways, and uh, but it it just there's still there's some there's a women's women do stuff that women are meant to do, and and like it's it's a good thing that they do. Yeah, that's right. Hundred percent. I I totally agree, and I I think it's I think it's great. I mean, even in the from the time that I was cowboying for a living till now, I think it's great seeing all these handy girls out here. Now they have all female ranch rodeos and and different things like that. And I man, I think it's great because I at the end of the day, I don't think cowboying is uh, delegated only for men. I think that you know I think that that both sexes can embrace it and be a part of it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, men are going to be men and they're going to do yeah. men things and women are going to be women and do men, do women things. And, yeah. uh, and that, I think that that's a wonderful thing. That's, that's the spice of life. That's, that's the, you know, I, I think that there's, there's equality in the yeah. two groups, but I yeah, think that each group brings true. something I mean, different to the table. Yeah. You it's, know? uh, I, I don't know. I think, uh. I think people get too caught up in in uh, trying to trying to put things, labels, and groups, and instead of just fucking living life, you know, like yeah. worry about right and wrong, and then the rest of it you kind of make That's up right. in between. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I I believe wholeheartedly in freedom. Uh, I do. Like at the end day like i i definitely am more libertarian than than anything in in my mindset and uh and i believe in in freedom like don't tell me how to live my life you know the government don't tell me how to live my life don't tell me you know how what seat belt to wear and all wear a helmet when you ride and all this I, i don't want any of that stuff but i i do love freedom and i think that whatever way people want to express themselves if they want to if if a guy wants to have operations yeah. and, and live his life as a woman. Good on you, man. Live your dream. You know, li- live your dream. Live what's important to you. And in everybody, I just say, just be your true self. Whatever that might be, no matter how weird it is, just be your true self. As long as what you're yeah. doing doesn't hurt me or my family or anything else, you know. And, and so, so, yeah, when you have parades in major cities and – you have grown men walking around, you know, literally having sex in the streets or, you know, look, walking around with their wieners hanging out and everything else when there's little kids around. No, I, I think that that shouldn't be okay. But if, if you know, the two dudes down the street want to get married, good on them, man. Go get married. You guys, you guys yeah. deserve to be as miserable as all the other married people, you know? <laughs> like, I, I really, I, I have no problem with that. And, and, uh, you know, because I, I value freedom enough that I don't let any of my own personal, my own personal moral code is, yeah. is uh, surpassed by my love of freedom. So I say, well, my moral code says I don't 
agree with this or that or whatever. But as long as it's not hurting me, as long as it, it's not infringing on my life, let them do it. Because the second I start pointing fingers at other groups, then then I'm under attack. Because that 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 gives other people the right to say, well you're a Christian white male and I don't think you should be allowed to live your life this way or that way. And so for me, freedom's got to be freedom for everybody. Yeah. You can't pick and choose the groups you want freedom or equality for. And, uh, you know, I just, I just hate that we're spending so much time on this. Like, right. why can't people just say, you know what, let people be who they want to be like, <clears throat> now, maybe not compete men and women's sports and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Because there's a fairness level to it. But at the at the very end of the day, like we could be moved on to a lot better things if we would stop rehashing the same uh. things over and over again. Race, sexuality, religion, all these things that people want to argue about. Uh-huh. And here we are on the brink of world war and we're still arguing about who's more woke and, and all these it's, things. Uh, it's like, man, it's we, a classic sleight of hand deal. They uh, they get you all right, so immigration abortion um guns have been argued yep. about my entire life i'll be 38 here here in uh what is today the 20th entire life yep. yeah i'll be 38 I'm here in like 10 days and uh my entire life those have always been like the hot button issues and in the meanwhile like you said we're on the we're yep. teetering on the brink of a war in three different different theaters. Um, all of them, all of which it's, it's involve nuclear war. weapons. We by the way, because uh, when when you throw Israel into the situation, and you throw the Arab world in there, you kind of got to throw Pakistan, even though they're not Arab. But you got to throw them in there, and uh, they're very much Islamic. Yep, and they've got nukes, and um. Uh, a lot of these uh, crazy Arab countries have uh, buku money to go ahead and buy a nuke from from uh, somebody. Um, so, yeah. And what's even scarier right. is we don't necessarily know what they have. We suspect they have. We know some have this and some have that. But you know, if Russia or China is funneling yeah. weapons to them, they may yeah, have something that's, we don't uh, know about. It's crazy, and then like you watch if you watch this uh, Ukraine deal, and and it's essentially with all the modern equipment and technology, it's still kind of just reverted back to World War One style trench warfare. <laughs> and um, like streets, this Gaza yeah. invasion is the same same fucking way, man. Where it's going to be. Uh, you know they're they've uh, they've leveled you know huge parts of of the Gaza, which makes perfect cover for urban warfare, and they've got tunnel yeah. systems. And it's uh, even if they do end up say they they wipe out the the you know all the Hamas leadership and and whatever, like it's gonna be bloody. It's yep. I mean. Well, yeah. it, it has the potential to be a modern day Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, where you don't even know who you're fighting, really. You know, like that was a, one of the major problems in Vietnam when 
you know, most of your, your quote soldiers aren't, yep. aren't in uniform. They look like every other civilian, you know, you don't mm-hmm. know if that kid is, is trying to sell you. And also the indigenous force that, that is with and, you is also, you know, um, that, also Viet Cong. I mean, the same way in, in Iraq and Afghanistan too. I mean, you can talk to any number of exactly. GWAT vets and they'll tell you about how shitty the uh, the local defense forces were and and how many times they they got fucked over by yeah yeah <laughs> because it doesn't matter um yeah at the end of the day like yeah, you're going to you're going to band together with whoever's like you to fight against who's not like you and that like they're very very few times right. is the is the local population going to side with an invasion force? I, I yeah. was saying this today to a buddy of mine. Tribalism is a powerful thing. And no matter how modern and, and how much growth we see as a nation, as a society, mm-hmm. as a culture, tribalism prevails. And, you know, tribalism, tribalism is, is, kind of it's partly the root of racism where people where people take it to kind of the next level but like at the end of the day you know i i can't help but sympathize i have irish roots and my grandmother was off the boat from ireland so naturally i i sympathize with ireland's political Mm -hmm. woes and struggles almost without question just because they're irish like me and that's a powerful thing and and people don't always take that into consideration how powerful that the aspect of tribalism is. And, you know, when you're in the, the Middle East and a group of people, a group of these Palestinians are getting bombed and they're they're really doing good at playing the victim. You know, yeah. not I don't even know the true story of, of what's what right now. There's so many stories. But, you know, when they're like, oh, my children are getting blown up, all these things. Pretty soon, everybody that looks like those mm-hmm. people is like. I'm taking their side because they look like me and my sister-in-law lives with a guy over there in Palestine and, and all of those things come into play. And yeah. the true story ever is blood is thicker than water. And when they share similar genetics, yeah, it's a- you almost, you almost take that side for better or for worse. Just like my brother could get in a fight. And even if he's wrong, I'm going to fight whoever he's fighting. Yeah. I might have words with him later, right. but I'm still going to bleed for him, even though he's wrong. And that's kind of the mentality behind that tribal aspect of, of where, yeah. No matter how well, I'd love, get, that, I'd love if we were thing. at the point in in America, like if our government was, you know, about to get us into another one of these stupid, never ending wars where we'd have enough, uh, you know, like patriotic men just say no, we're not doing it, and uh, but I I don't know if we ever get to that point. Yeah. Uh, people are pretty, still pretty ingrained to just follow, you know, follow orders at some point too. So, I, um, so th- that being the case, that we do get drug into another. Like, I, I want our our guys kicking ass. So, like, I want, I want our soldiers on all the juice. I, I want to make sure that our our men are hard. You know, that we uh we have to, and so like. Uh, yeah. like don't like you know it goes back to like what can you control i i've got two kids i can control how they're raised and they will be they will be scrappy they will be smart they'll be uh crafty you know they're they're gonna 
they're going to be survivors in. Yeah. My, uh, my prediction is this, and I don't want to see it happen, but, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a means to an end is that I think that, I think that we're going to, we're going to mm. take a terrorist hit here on our homeland again, because I think wide open for it. I think that, you know, yeah. everybody said never forget nine eleven, and so many people have forgotten. And I think that, I think that we're going to, something's going to pop off here and it's going to, as, as bad as that will be, it is also going to spawn a whole new era yeah. of patriotism, just like in the days following nine 11. But I think we're kind of ripe for that at this point. Unfortunately, I, I only like, I, I, I don't want that to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, but, but I really think that we're kind of at that point where, um, where like we're just open for it like all these people like some it was the it was i saw a tiktok the other day and this guy he was he was spot on really flamboyant gay guy very conservative though um he was saying he's like for all of you people that are holding banners saying lgbt supports palestine he's like you realize if you went there with that sign even though it said you support them they're gonna kill you like they're going to kill you. If you're LGBTQ, whatever, they're going to kill you. Like, don't think that because you are seeing them as the underdog and you're giving them their support, their, their culture, they have so much hatred trained into them from, from childhood, genetically even at this point, that if you say that you're gay, lesbian, whatever, they're going to kill you. And all these people, all these, you know, the, the Starbucks drinking basic white girls out there that are like, I stand with Palestine and all these things, they're going to kill you. They're going to rape you in the street. You're an infidel. You're a white American woman. Mm-hmm. First of all, as a woman, you have no voice. You have no say. You are cattle to them. Never mind a white American Christian woman. You are literally lower than low. They will rape you and in the street with no ceremony whatsoever and leave your body for the vultures. And this guy was going off. Like, he was right, though. He, I mean, here's a guy. He's like, he's like, I stand mm. against them because they want me and my kind dead. And he's right. And and that's kind of what we're up against. And, and that's where, you know, I, I do struggle. Like I, I was raised in a very Christian family and, and, and a good Christian family. Like we didn't mm. get too legalistic. We didn't get, we weren't a mega church, nothing like that. We just were taught love and grace and, and all of it. And I still hold on to that today. And, I can't help but look at it and say, from a religious standpoint, here's a group of people surrounded by other countries full of the same kind of people that literally hate everything we stand for. And that's kind of terrifying to me, man. That's kind of terrifying that there's there's country, I mean, all of North Africa, all of the Middle East, with the exception of Israel, um, all these countries... If every white American or white European, anybody white and non-Muslim, yeah. they just want you dead. There's no two ways about it. They just want you dead. You know, and and uh, it's really hard. It's hard even fighting people like that because we don't have the hatred for them in us that they have for us. And that makes them fight harder. It makes them a more, a more uh, brutal adversary than... Than us, we have, you know, we're we're taught so much compassion, forgiveness, grace, 
as a people, even if you're not a Christian here, you're still taught that growing up. You're taught not to hate. You're taught not to judge. And literally, those people are, are indoctrinated with the idea that, like, we have to kill white people. And, you know, or, or we have to kill non-Muslim. I shouldn't say white people. We have to kill non-Muslim people. And uh, that's a pretty terrifying thing because it's, it's kind of like the kamikazes in, you know, from Japan that, like, I don't know too many young Americans that are willing to die for their cause. Like, willing to say, today I'm going to go die because I believe, because my God has told me that I am going to have the best afterlife if I go and kill these people. Like, it's well, really and well, the, the weird part about that all that, too, is and, uh, when you peel back the layers scary. of the onions, it's a lot like, uh, say, like Warren Jeffs yep. or something like that with the uh, with the fundamentalist Mormons, where like he's yep. he's essentially uh, right. he's he's leading a cult. Uh, he he's. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's fundamentalism. Because if you if you go to like your average Iraqi, is dangerous. he's just trying to herd some goats, man. He's just yeah. he's trying to, you know. But his you his uh, yeah. view yeah. on LGBTQ is going to be roughly the same as a eighty year old Southern man. Um, because that's the climate that they live in, yeah. where um the the powers that be. Uh, are religious fundamentalists, and uh, and they also happen to be very brutal, and they happen yeah. to have all the guns. So, and um, yeah, yeah and they're also yeah. pretty good at propaganda too. They, they, they know they know their their people better than yeah. we know their people, and uh, and because of that they can get those people to fight against us. Yes, um, absolutely. And yeah, that's why it's an unwinnable war. Yeah, you know, over there, it's just like the, you know, the yeah. best we can do is is to try to keep good trade relations and uh, and use that rather as a as a carrot rather than using the stick of the U.S. military because yeah. as we've seen that that has not been effective. I totally like we're agree. we're really good at toppling governments, but we are yeah. not not you great at building them back up. No, not good at rebuilding. No, we're not. No, we're not. And uh, you know, what was interesting for me is um, I don't know if you know if you know him. If not, you should definitely look him up, and he would be an awesome guy to have on the okay. show. I I would say that man, I'd I'd love to be on with him because he's just an awesome guy. Okay, um, Jace Angus from he's from Fallon, Nevada, PRCA. PRCA Bronc Rider, he just came back from deployment in North Africa and Afghanistan. Um, super, super guy. Uh, badass Bronc Rider. And the Cowboy Channel just did a big documentary on him about how, you know, he came back from deployment and basically as soon as his boots hit American soil, he was back in the saddle riding Bronx. And, you know, they... they they saw the specialness in that because so many guys come home and they're all, oh, I'm going to go back to rodeo. I'm going to go back to cowboying or whatever. And, and so many have so much inner turmoil and struggles that they never make it back to that. And, and Jace came back strong. He won the first, you know, like several rodeos out of the gate. And I mean, he's, he's kind of a, a dynamo. I mean, I, I think so much of him. I, I, my son, his middle name is Jace after, after Jace. And, um, 
And but his his perspective pretty interesting because you know he he really took the time to talk to a lot of locals and a lot of a lot of different people and you know and and he said basically when you start to break it down no as much as these guys they'll be your friends they'll hang out with you they'll they're you know they're on the base they're this they're that but he said if you give the right line of questioning they're all going to admit at the end of the day when yeah. it comes down to it that they'll kill you if they need to and that they don't think twice about it and you know, and he, he said that, like, that was so eye-opening for him because he wanted to believe that these guys that he hung out with every day and they shot the shit and they made jokes and they did all the things. And he said, like, for these guys, hanging out mm. there with them was a job. It was a good job. They did their part. They, you know, they kind of helped as much as they could, but at the same time, they protected their buddies and all that. And he said that was really eye-opening, you know, to be surrounded by even the guys shaking your hand yeah. and smiling, they really just, they kind of just hate you at the end of the day. And, uh, his, his perspective is pretty yeah, awesome. Uh, I, I, I you, you got really his contact? Yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you his yeah. number and, uh, and stuff like that. Jace Angus, look him up on uh, Facebook. You can kind of get an idea of who he is there, but I'll send you his contact info. And I think, uh, I think he'd be, Especially right now with what's going on, I think he'd be he might oh, even yeah. be a I'd good. I'd love to talk to him. I'm yes, always because he's got a great. I'm always I uh, I collect uh, particularly like operator types, you know, special forces. Uh, like I collect I collect I collect those type of guys as buddies he's, because he's that kind of guy. Uh, we we all saw how 2020 went down and and uh, with all the riots uh, and you know from from BLN all the way up to J6, like we saw how shit how crazy shit got here. And if ever anything ever does pop off, I just know I I feel okay because the people that I, that I kind of gravitate toward have a lot of guns. So, and, and they're, they're, uh, they're handy, yeah. um, with like useful, um, productive stuff, you know, mechanics, farming, ranching, you know, the blue collar type jobs, um, maybe not so much on the tech side of yep. things. So you, like I said, like you got to have liberals play a part, uh, as well. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I'm not a, I'm not a door kicker. I'm not a, I'm not a shooter. Um, but I know a bunch of them and, uh, those guys are going to need beef. So like I, I, uh, you, you, you make, you got to make buddies with, uh, make sure That's you're, right. you're of use That's to right. some people that, that, uh, that can get the, the real shit done. Well, that that's like having Jace as a buddy. Every now and then, I'll get a quick phone call from him. And he'll say, "Hey, buddy, I know you're traveling a lot, but uh, next clinic you go to, try not to fly, drive to it because you know words come through the wire mm. that something might go down at an airport or something." And I'll be like, "Thank you, buddy." And I mean, it's it's just it's nice to have that kind of you know friendship and connection in your life because you know he's, he's going to do, I'm, he's family to me. I'm family to him. He's going to do everything he can to keep me safe. And, and yeah. Likewise. Well, and it's, and, it's cool uh, talking that's, to, that's feeling, you know? to, to those guys that have, uh, you know, they, they've seen some, some crazy shit, you know, like on the, on the covert side of things. And a lot of it, they, you know, like I don't even ask about it, but you can ask about the people he's, and the experiences that they have over there. And, um, yep. and at the end of the day, they're a bunch of bros. Like they're, they're just, uh, a lot of them kind of tend, can tend to be assholes cause they're all, they're all very much alphas. Um, 
but they're they're a bunch of dudes and, and so like yeah. I, I i enjoy their perspective on on yeah. place especially places i haven't been and uh and uh they they they, they tend to have a yeah like a, a way different outlook on on the world than a than a lot of people do and it's and it's it's a very realistic outlook I, I I totally agree. I totally agree, and I, I think that it's uh to be a warrior, to really be a warrior, to be—I mean, a cold-blooded, door-kicking operator warrior. You know, you've got to yeah. you've got to find a way to I think kill part of yourself. You know, it's like it's like so many things. If you delve into philosophy, so much of awakening and the light, enlightenment, and everything else comes from killing your ego and killing different parts of yourself. And I think that like what those guys are able to do is they're able to turn off different parts of themselves and say that how I actually feel or how I actually think doesn't really matter because I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing is for the good of the people that I care about or the good of the people around me or good of my country. Patriotism is a, thought, a strong thing. And I think that I think that those kind of guys have that ability. It's it's kind of the same as like you know when I rode I rode bulls for a little while, I rode bucking horses and. You know, I'd be climbing onto a ranch rock or something, and I was able to turn off, literally just turn off to where it didn't bother me at all. The idea that I could die, I could be extremely hurt, I could have a lot of things happen, I could lose my whole career because I could have a career-ending injury here, all of that stuff. And I'm not I'm not putting myself in a warrior category, but I'm saying what I learned about myself was that I'm I'm able to turn off the things, the nerves. I'm able to turn off the worry or the rationalization and all that. And I'm able to set my mind and say, this is what needs to be done. So this is what I'm going to do. And I think that that's a key component, a key component of so many of the, these guys that are are truly warriors, guys like Jace that, uh, they can go out there and be like, well, I can't question my, even my moral compass, anything. I have to do what I need to do because I want to come home alive. I want to, I want to come home tonight and lay down in my bed alive and I want to do what's right for my country and the people standing behind me, even if that means doing something that might be morally scrupulous. Um, you know, I think that's I mm. think that's that's a pretty big aspect. Yeah, well, that, and that, it's that mindset uh, there. It, it's a reason why you know so. first thing in the in the military is they break you down so they can build you up to what they need you to be. That's a yeah. Yeah, right. it's uh well they used to do that. Now they don't. You know, I uh I guess if we're going back to like trench warfare type like just high-tech t- trench warfare uh you can get rid of a lot of crazies in in a in a hurry yep. doing it that way. I mean just uh, I guess you know offer oh, yeah. offer free hormone treatment for uh for for signing up to be infantry and you can just Yeah. 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 And hey, I I have the utmost respect. I don't care what's between your legs. I don't care what color your hair is or anything else. If you're willing to put on a uniform, and give your you know give some of the best years of your life, right? To but the also like of our country, I have nothing but respect for you. You're you're a soldier. You're a unit in a in a huge organism. Like like if you're a soldier, you're a soldier. You have nothing else. You are nothing else. You're property to the army. Like, and that's, that's, 
That's how it has to yeah. be. So, like, I'm a transgender. Right. No, you're not. You are a fucking soldier. Yeah. Nope. You're a soldier. Yeah. And it don't matter. Don't matter. Yeah. None, nothing else matters. You are a soldier. But I, I, I'm, one, I'm one who believes, I think that, you know, hey, we have our prisons are overflowing mm. with people that are fairly minor offenses, you know, people that got a bunch of DUIs, people that, you know, tax evade, all these things. There's so many nonviolent offenders in there. And I personally think that anybody of age, they should make the offer to, and they should, they should create a unit and say, if you want to go and you want to give four years, eight years, whatever you make the mark, you want to give this amount of time to the, the United States, you know, Marines, Army, you fill in the blank, but you can, you will let you out of prison. You go and subject yourself to boot camp and allow and go to war for us. You'll be free when you're done. And I personally think that's, that'd be a great way to go. And I think if I was in jail, I'd, I'd take that deal. I'd be like, well, shit. Yeah. If I can go there and get paid to be in the service, I can learn a trade. I can do all these things and I can serve my country yeah. and not be in prison anymore. Hell yeah. Let's go do it. You know, and you might even tell the guys, if you take this yeah. route, you come out yeah. and you have no criminal record they, when you're they're... done. You know, I don't, I, don't think I, they won't. I, I if think if they need troops, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll do all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, uh, they'll they'll, there's way. It's funny though. Like when, survival mode kicks in at some point and uh even even like the the slimiest of the the washington swamp creatures they'll uh like if if it actually comes down to like yeah we're we're actually we're in a fight now um like survival kicks in and they'll be like all right now enough yep. enough of your trans bullshit we got to get we got to get back to physical fitness You know, you know what's really funny to me on on that subject is that I've you know in, in my circles I I I happen mm. to do so much of my business with the hunter jumper world the dressage world which are which are typically as far as horse world goes those are those are far more liberal leaning uh, sides of it than say like reining and but they're not like the poor you know? liberal so, but that's like, where that's uh, they're circle. they're not that's, like that's inner where, city liberal. No. Yeah, exactly. They're like old money, <laughs> old money, and they're either there. Some are. There's still a lot of conservatives there, but but nonetheless, um, there's a lot, a lot of of gay and this and that, and and some of my some of my really good friends in this world are falling into those categories, and and I I have nothing but love for them. They're good people. They've been good to me forever. But the funny thing is, is that I've talked to several people that I've crossed my path that are that are transgender or or you know a different sexuality than than what I am or anything else, and uh, all of them have said the same thing. They're like, I don't, I don't feel oppressed. I don't feel like there's a problem. Like I've been this way for this long, and people are fine with me every now and then I get a, get the odd person that turns up their nose or, you know, has something to say, but overall, like I'm fine. Like I'm an American. I was lucky to be born here. I have all this going for me. I have all these options in my life. Like 
I don't need my sexuality or my choices for my body to be political fodder. And yet that's all it is. And, and their, their thing is they keep coming back to is that it's not them for the most part. Yeah. You got your few that are screaming on the corner, but like, but you're going to have that. If you Mm -hmm. have any cause, you're going to have people screaming on the corner, holding, uh, you know, holding bulletin boards and all that stuff. But like every, you know, hardworking, you know, taxpaying regular person that happens to be this gender or that gender or, or gay or straight or whatever. All of them have said the same thing. They're like, those people don't speak for me. These people in Washington that are talking transgender, this and transgender, that like I had one friend transgender that, that I was talking to and, and they were like, I don't care what bathroom I use. I just want to use the bathroom. Does not matter what bathroom I go to. I'm equally comfortable in either one. And they're like, all these people that are fighting for, you know, gender neutral bathrooms or, or trans in the women's bath, all these things. They're like, I don't give a shit, man. I don't give a shit because I'm a person. I just want to go use the bathroom. It doesn't matter which one I use. And, and this is, this is coming directly for, for this is my thoughts. This is coming directly from friends of mine. And like, it really made me realize that like at a certain point, yep. government is exploiting these minority groups for their own purpose. And that's, I think that's really kind of the bigger problem than what people actually think like, Oh, these groups are problematic. It's not really the groups that are problematic. It's, I think it's more yep. so the government baiting and whipping people into a frenzy. It's just like, just like look at how the how the BLM outrage it was. Oh my God, they were burning cities down. They were doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was just a political distraction. They literally, and I feel horrible about it. And and I have black friends that have said this. They're like, they used us as a political pawn. They took uneducated poor people of both of all races, and they whipped them into a frenzy, saying that you know you are marginalized. You're this. You're that. The government literally told them what they were to the point that, you know, because they're poor and they're uneducated, they bought right into it and gets them going in a frenzy. And then the government intervenes as acting as like, you know, we're the we're the good daddy. We're, we're stepping in to save this poor group of people. They look like a hero. They distract the mainstream from what's actually going on. And yeah. uh and that's pretty well, sad. And to me, I don't know. That's people fall for for the the divisive shit so easy. My dad, you know, he was he was in uh he was Colorado State representative for eight years and uh, I think it was when North Carolina did the, the, the bathroom bill thing and it was all and uh, so so it was a big you know, big topic of yep. discussion down at the clubhouse, him and him and you know, a bunch of old parts talking, and of course my dad's kind of the 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 wise elder you know he's uh being being in office and and being kind of an amateur yep. lawyer at this point he uh they're asking him about this yep. uh, you know by god we ought to make this bill and ban him from using that rest that restroom and he's he said well that's that's fine but what's the fine what what is the the punishment how how are you gonna enforce this are you gonna yeah, are you going to check their, gonna their birth check certificate? Because um, you kind of need a warrant for all of that. And um, it seems like uh, an unenforceable yeah. law, so 
what's the point? Well, by God, something ought to be done. Well, sometimes the best thing to do yeah. is nothing. Like yeah. nothing. Because because after after a while, sometimes like it, it's like little kids. If you tell them like, "Don't cross this line and come mm-hmm. into the kitchen," all the kids want to do is cross the line. You know, like it's like as soon as you tell someone they can't do it, and you make a lot of hoopla around it. All they want to do is that. They fixate on that one thing. If you're like, you know, I don't really care what you do. But by God, if we catch right. you in there diddling a kid or something, yeah, we're, we're going to crack down double hard on you. But here, here's the thing. I'm going to say something that is not out of the conservative playbook, but I'm going to call a spade a spade and say, when was the last time you heard about a kid getting diddled in a bathroom by a trans person? Yeah, I... There's, I can't remember any time. When was the last time? When was the last time you heard um, well, about? Well, I made a, a joke about it yesterday, so uh, I, I I try to make at least one joke against the Catholic Church uh, yeah. a day. <laughs> but, um, me too. But but the fact the fact of the matter is is that I I truthfully, being a parent, I would I would probably feel safer with my kids with a bunch of drag queens around than I would with yeah. a bunch of Catholic priests around. And that's, that's not <laughs> typical. That's not typical of what a lot of, a lot of more conservatives would say, but, but the honest truth is that I think that, I think that there's a lot more danger and evil lurking in people who are hiding their true selves than yeah. there is in people I, well, who are and, wearing it out on so, their sleeve. Like you the, know what I mean? I mean, it's like if you walk up to a chick with a beard and a dress and a big set of double D's on her, you're like, I I know who I'm. I know I know who I'm talking to. They're they are being what they what they believe is their true self. They're living that. So okay, I can make my own conclusions from there. But when you have someone in power that is supposed to be a uh-huh. bastion of morality and safety and all these. And they're they're molesting our kids, man. I, right. Well, I it's have the same lean, way with like the like, the, like the a lot of you know the like, Southern Baptist Convention. You know, they a ton of like uh like yeah mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, or the uh, Mormon Church. Mormon Mormon mm-hmm. Church tries to convey itself as the most squeaky clean, all American white bread. Oh yeah, and it's so it's they they have more corruption than anything. Yeah, it's all all that all that stuff's gross too, and it's uh, and I'm the same way with you. Like I I was I was raised Christian, and I I I still I consider myself that. I don't I don't go to church. I uh, I find myself disgusted with Mm -hmm. most organized religion in general. Um, but I I believe the tenets of of what Jesus taught was uh, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that I could uh I could sift through and find some good stuff there and the rest of it I kinda like, eh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I say it all the time. And, I hate um, religion, but I love Jesus. That's, I'm not even fully convinced on on, on the whole Jesus part. I think there's something out there. I don't know. I don't know the exact solution, but I also I think uh I get it. You know, there's that study all things and hold fast to that, which is okay. true. So I think there's For me, I, I can't I can't poke holes in 
the philosophy and uh, mm. like the philosophy of Jesus, I have a hard time poking holes in it. It was all about forgive, forgive people, mm-hmm. have grace for the ones that don't deserve forgiveness, and you know, love people the way the way you'd want to be loved. And I mean, that's that's pretty 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 good pretty good stance on life. And I I can't poke holes in any of that. But yet, when people tell me, you know, going back to the Old Testament, there's a man in the clouds that will love you unconditionally as long Mm. as you follow his rules. Yeah. Yeah, you go back to the Old Testament, and and I don't want to sound blasphemous or whatever, but, like, God was kind of an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there were literally commandments that told, you know, the Israelites to go to the city, burn it to the ground, mm-hmm. kill every chicken, goat, woman, child, because those children will got grow a, up to be your enemy. Got right? a real so you uh, get a level of Palestinian type, and, type of flair you know, to it, doesn't it? <laughs> really does. And, you know, and then when Jesus came on the scene, mm-hmm. it, it's a completely different it's a completely different message. And so I have a hard time with the contrast of the two. So for me, you know, it's not, it's not biblically sound, I guess, but I just try to stick with, I'm like, Mm. you know, if I'm going to listen to anybody, Jesus made the most sense to me. What he had to say kind of fits who I am as a person. I'm going to try to forgive you enough times but you know what? If you keep throwing it in my face, yeah. just like Jesus did in the temple, yeah, I, I'm gonna I, turn around and flip I'm, the tables. Yeah, that's, that's kind of about where know? I stand. Yeah, <laughs> I got that. That's pretty pretty well said. I uh, I don't know, like the the uh, the origin story, all the the length of time, and all of that. I don't know who fucking cares. I, I think that's and I, I I think I think even looking back at the origin story and all that is that. You got to think like if if that was how if if what they wrote down is what they felt and what they thought mm-hmm. you got to say that's their interpretation of it. It doesn't mean there's no science involved. It doesn't mean that it didn't take hundreds and thousands of years. This is basically uneducated people's oral right. tradition of handing down stories of where they came from. And so it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it also doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent accurate. And, and I don't even feel blasphemous, blasphemous saying that because I think that the, that big picture of it all, it's not really for us to understand anyway. I think the bigger thing is, is that we draw out the, the, the moral uh, high ground that it teaches us about forgiveness and, and all the things. And the rest of it is, is, oh, it's different things, to different people. And uh, I think that's important. Okay. But uh, but I have a question for you while we're on while we're on this deep dive here, which I'm enjoying immensely. Um, there's all this talk now, and and I'm going to just preface this by saying that my personal feeling is that there's probably something, but also I think it's a good way to to distract people. Oh man, what's your take on all this talk about aliens? I don't. I want the the Mexican aliens to be true. Um but I don't think yeah. they are. Uh UFOs. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think a lot of that is experimental aircraft from from the U.S. military. Yeah, I know a, a lot of that because uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot however, of a hand distraction. There's also some spooky shit that can't be explained, like the cattle mutilation stuff. Yeah, man, I know people. I've that had people personally. Yeah, I've had people, uh, yeah, people uh, on the show people. talk about, it, and I just I've read a lot of accounts, and uh, like so, I don't know. Um, yeah, same same thing with Sasquatch. I want it to be real. I don't know. My my father in law, yeah. uh, he he swears the. I mean, he swears he saw a Sasquatch on the river down here. Uh, just a couple of years ago, he swears that he saw a UFO, and I mean, and his yeah. his story has never varied. You know, like, and and he's a he's a storyteller. Like, I've heard a, all of his stories like thirty times, and he's n- yeah. I've seen some weird shit. Yeah, so I I don't weird, know. Weird um, uh, you know, it, it's funny when you when you listen to some of these. Uh, these uh like these like tier one operators that like worked really heavily with uh with like the the agency or even worked directly yep. for the agency they'll all say that there's no way that the government can keep yep. a secret for for that long but yet we still don't know who killed kennedy and uh so like i think i'm not saying they're full of shit right. i'm just saying that like there's there's a certain level of stuff that like yeah there's only cert there's only a handful of people that know it and uh and they ain't saying shit sometimes sometimes the best yeah. way to hide something is that that whole idea of hiding in plain sight so like here lately here lately the government has literally been like yeah been like with no fanfare they're like yep yeah, there's aliens and people are like oh shit there's aliens and like they're like the government said there's aliens there's aliens but it in a way it almost quelled it almost quelled the questions of like is there aliens is this? and so in a way i see it almost as a way of hiding it it's like let's admit that there's aliens but also let's throw tons yeah. of false information like like hoaxes like oh we uncovered these mummy aliens and and there's this and there's that but I think the reality is, is that if you listen to it, like they're saying, there is aliens. And I think that at the end of the day, we are, we would be short-sighted as, as a race, as a, as a, as a world to say that even believing in God, to say that God, who is a creator and an artist, right. not many artists make one work of art and that's it. So I look at the world and I say, well, if God can create this, if he is, if he is so powerful that he can create an intricate, massive civilization and, and race of people and animals and all things and ecosystem and all of it, why wouldn't yeah. he create something And then else? if you extrapolate upon that, you know, like, if you extrapolate like, upon that, God made us like, in yeah, his I'm image done. and you get to the whole Mormon thing, like, well, maybe we're gods ourselves and we get our own planet and yep. stuff. And right, and so it's so it's a it's it's a it's a slippery slope there to to say like 
if you want to believe in God, you almost have to yeah. believe that he is a creator and he, he's probably creating yeah. other things. And uh, it's Sheep funny. The pastures. You uh, you get to looking up the stars, like particularly like if you're a horseback and it's and it is real dark and just like big big star type of night. Boy, you can get to wonder and you feel real real small. And and then it starts to make me think like, right. have we ever really been into space? Have we ever really been to the moon? Have we ever really? Do we have that technology? Are we able to do? Like, why would we? Why would we go to like in the sixties when we didn't even have computers? Really, you're uh, telling me that you flew created a by a Nazi, by the way, all the way to the moon. Had, had people created by a Nazi? Hey, we what's that? Yeah, engineered by and you you let them bounce around and oh this is wonderful we made it you know to demoralize the russians and then since then we haven't been back we haven't done anything else with it we haven't like i mean you shit know. we could dump our garbage up there for, for crying out loud but the fact of the matter is that really like you have that much technology in the 60s to go to another planet and now with everything we have now we're not like running people back and forth to space and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like the technology stopped in the sixties. Like also like how dumb were us and the, the Soviets like that, like we really didn't have a, you know, like a, I mean, we had a huge air force, but as far as technology wise, it was kind of middle tier. Until we stole those Nazi scientists, then boy, howdy, we got us yeah. a real Air Force. Well, like, nobody wants to talk about the fact that the majority of modern medicine, of what we know about the human mm-hmm. body, is because we recruited Nazi doctors and scientists after they did horrible, horrible, inhumane yep. acts against humanity on on people cutting babies out of the womb and doing this doing that and so much of what mm-hmm. we know about the human body is a result of that like from at the at the end of world war 1 we were in a very almost medieval state as far as what we really knew about the body and about medicine and everything else and healthcare skyrocketed as soon as we moved all yeah. those Nazi scientists and doctors yeah, it's, into uh, small towns. It's Delaware. wild. And also like our, I mean, our modern, uh, like agricultural industry is patterned right off, uh, like Nazi Germany and, uh, and, you know, Mussolini's Italy too. Like it was all. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that, uh, yeah. fascism really is an efficient form of government. So it's, it's not necessarily the best, but it's efficient. And uh, that's why most of the world adopted it oh, after yeah. uh, World oh, yeah. War Two. Is you know, it's funny is uh, it was the it, the war to end fascism, yet everybody adopted it afterwards. They just they're like, hey, uh, maybe not do the whole yeah. Jew thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not kill Jews, but yeah. everything else is pretty cool. That's kind of. I'm not saying that. That's, well, that's it's what, funny. It's like the it's it's like the the old classic Lord of the Rings but, uh, deal is like. You could have destroyed it. They could have all been hung at Nuremberg, but we didn't trust the Soviets not to steal them, so we got to steal them first, and that's how. And I, I think that uh, 
you know, even even biblically, like oh yeah, fascism was yeah. It just well, they didn't call them the dictators; they called them kings. You know, I mean, like yeah, they called them kings, and King Solomon used wise, but still, King Solomon had like three hundred wives and concubines yeah. and all this stuff, and yet he was a favored man of God. So, so how are you going to sit here and tell me that like? I shouldn't have four wives and, and whatever, you know, or just hedonistically do whatever I want because I mean, David, David was a man called a like, man after God's own heart. And yet he lusted after his neighbor's wife who he saw bathing Bathsheba. That's why we call a bath a bath to this day, lusted after her in the bath. So he sends, he has enough power to send her husband to the front lines Knowing that it's a suicide mission and he's gonna he's gonna be killed so yep. that he can get the, the girl. That's a man after God's own heart. And so so when we look at the political structure of everything in biblical times, everything was about you work the land, you, you have your your sheep, but you have to give a percentage of it over to the government and let them let them basically dictate what you're mm-hmm. going to do with, with your land, your animals, your this and that. You know, you keep what you need for yourself. Everything else is turned over. And here we are tithing and everything today. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it it's echoes uh, of fascism pretty strong, man. Yeah, and it's, uh, it, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of weird um, how it all played out. Like, and, and now you look at it and you're just like, who, who makes the decisions? Well, it's like whoever runs all these giant corporations because they're the one that funnel money into the politicians' pockets. Mm-hmm. But like you and you and I grew up, like we're we're eighties babies, and mm-hmm. we grew up on patriotism and you know all American Iron outside. Eagle, like one, and, two, three, four, and five, and man. Things, but yeah. But like, you know, God, guns and liberty and all that. But like, but at the end of the day, like everybody, everybody that's patriot talks about, you know, God, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but like you realize that even in the Mm. church, churches, the structure of churches is fairly fascist. You know, the structure of religion in general is fairly fascist. Like we all have to just give. And if you have a lower spot in life, that's your cross to bear. Take up your cross and follow me. But if you're not as high as the next guy in line, you just have to accept that. That's your spot in life. And you shouldn't want for anything in this life because your reward is going to come in the next life. So be a good worker, be produce, tithe, have babies, do all the things that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do to, to feed the machine basically. But at the end, but at the end of the day, like Mm. there's no like, personal liberties, personal freedoms. That's not talking about everything is about you're a, mm. if you choose to follow God, you're a slave. It literally says that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really a fascist premise is that you, you're doing it for the good of the, of the yep. bigger picture, not for your individ, individual <laughs> liberty or happiness. And, um, yeah. I think I, the big, uh, I, I guess kind of the big, Dividing line is uh, whereas as a fascist on earth is uh, you like I'm the supreme leader. But, um, you know, as far as like a Christian is like I bow before no man, I bow before God. And uh, 
And so, and I think that's a better way to live. Right. Like, uh, you know, uh, because at least there's a, there, there's an admission that like all men are, all men are fault uh, at fault. Like, uh, there, there are no, there's no perfect human. Only God is perfect. And, yeah. uh, so, I, so I bow, I bow before no man. Yep. And, uh, that that's uh i think that's yeah that the the left has a has a very strong like atheistic streak which i i'm not a i'm not opposed to atheists uh, in general like I, I don't i don't i don't care what they do with their lives uh that's between them and god i abuse um right but but i will say this though with atheism when uh-huh. i don't believe in anything that's not true right Everybody and everybody worships something, something. Everybody believes uh, something. Yeah, and that—that's whether it's something. So you can you can say I don't worship a god, but you're you might worship science, mm-hmm. you might worship money, you might worship crack cocaine. It doesn't matter. Everybody, yeah. becomes yeah, a I, and, worshiper of something. Yeah, it, it's like a lot of people become became worshippers of Donald Trump here the last uh, last five six years, you know, and that's not good either. Like is a as much as I yeah. think, right? I I don't mind. I I, I, I like he's not my guy, I like but I don't okay. I don't see him as a unique evil like like these people uh, yeah. lay him out to be. I I think he's more no. uh, he's no. every bit not the corrupt either. animal that everybody else in Washington is, but he lays it bare and just fla- almost flaunts it. Yeah. Yes, but I I also think that like. He's a regular guy that found himself, whether it was by birthright or by happenstance, he's a regular guy that mm-hmm. ended up in a really good situation financially, whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, to me, he's almost like he's almost like a good old mm-hmm. boy. Like, yeah, you, know, you have them friends that like they're good friends and they're fun as hell, but you don't want to bring them around your clients. You you're you're like outlook. They're he's kind of a douche, but he's an all right shit. guy. You know, yeah, and it's like it's like it's like that guy that like you know you bring him around your new wife, and he's like, yeah, man, remember that time we were out on the res and we brought them two uh-huh. gals home, and you know, and it's like, dude, just shut up. Like my wife doesn't need to hear this stuff. Just shut up. And like he's like, yeah, but it was amazing, and like. You're not getting it, man. You're kind of a dick, but also, I remember the time you fought for me and yeah. you pulled me out of that brawl. Yeah, he's uh, you know, like that's kind of how I, I view it. I, I, I really, I, I, he, he says, he says the quiet part out loud. That's why they didn't don't like him in politics. He's he's no different than the rest of them. Yeah. Um. He. Right, he would have been a, and, uh, been a great candidate. And it's funny, you notice how they're not going after him on corruption charges because there, there's plenty of evidence. Nope. Like the Jared Kushner uh, hedge fund deal with the Saudis, Donald Trump's personal deal with Live Golf and the Saudis. Yeah, that's corrupt as fuck, man. But they're not going after him about that because then they'd have to go after the Bidens and they'd have to go after the Pelosi's and the Romneys and. And everyone else. Yep. Right. So, they're they're all corrupt. I mean, the reason it's right. called right and, wing uh, and left wing 
thing is because yeah, it's all and, part but of the it's same it's funny. It's like that all that stuff is right out there, you know, ready to be investigated and and acted upon if they really wanted to do something about Donald Trump. But they don't the stuff that they could get him on. They don't go after because it sets the precedent, and then down goes a whole string of dominoes. So yeah, I. I, I think You're I think wrong, Trump man. is a slightly better politician than we've had uh, in in charge. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's also he's just kind of a dude, uh, a, a billionaire dude. But he's uh, yeah, I, I I had buddy from college. He's he's uh, from Ohio originally, and he uh, a dairy guy. And same way, he's just a. He's kind of an asshole. He's kind of just, uh, he's kind of a douche, but I, I kind of like the guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you always know where you stand with that guy. You know, you always know that like, well, if he's pissed at mm. me, he's going to let me know. If I did something to slight him, he's going to let me know. So like, you never have to worry. Like if he's good to you, he's good to you because you've been good to him. And, and I, and I get that. And I feel those things about Trump, but I also, <laughs> so many times I'm like, dude, just shut your mouth. Just shut up. Like, if you just played your hand closer to your chest and just shut well, up, like um, you, you could have been a like way the, better candidate. The best credit you can give him is he he has rearranged the Republican Party and uh, that's a good thing. Like the uh I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but he is yes. uh he has implemented a pretty strong I wouldn't say anti-war, but skeptical of war streak in the Republicans. And that has been very much needed, particularly after our, our generation of buddies that got sent over for nothing. See, I'll, I'll say this Mm. when he was president, we had affordable fuel. We had really affordable fuel. We had way more focus on the problems within our country rather than what was outside the country. We had, we were at peace. We were not in danger of a war anywhere. Yeah. As much as he talked shit, we weren't in a war. Well, any any new wars, because, anyways? Because I think he outcrazied the crazy. Yeah, any new wars, but like I think like when it came to like Putin and stuff. He like kind of out crazied the crazies. So like Putin is this kind of warmonger, like badass alpha male type. And Trump comes in there, you know, guns blazing. And he's like, mm. all right, you want to make a move? I'll make a move. You want to do that? I'll just nuke all of you. Like he, he so didn't care. He was so flippant with the power that I think guys like Putin were like, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. mess with that guy because – that dog will hunt. Like he'll he'll get out there, he'll do what he says, and like he doesn't give a shit. Like if I do something, he but will just he also he also right showed restraint too. Like it. he, uh, I think that so like when he bombed Syria, he also yes, he he, he also put in a call to Putin, and be like, hey, I'm I'm yep. hitting here, here, and here. Get your guys out, or I, yeah, and uh, I might want to get out. Yep. And that's just yeah, and that's, that's yeah, the I, art of war. There, there was some things about Trump that I, I think, on a lot of policies he was he was pretty solid. Some, particularly spending, not so much. 
I just I don't know how he can be effective anymore. He's he's too he's so polarizing. Um, the, the the thing that worked about him though is that for as much as he was conservative Republican, he was also had a lot of Democratic leanings, and I think that that balance as as off kilter as he was, as colorful a character as he was. At the core, at the core of that machine, let's call it the machine. Right. The core no, of the I, machine. I, it was very. I think well his balanced. gut instincts on a lot of things were right. Um, I I think his. Well, and that's the problem you get with an, in, any narcissist is they uh, they believe too much in their own bullshit, and he thought he thought yep. he was the best at picking people. Turns out he was kind of yep. shitty at put, at picking people in in his cabinet and uh and they yeah. undermined him at every turn. Yeah. Well, yeah. Forget the cabinet, the fact that like Pence turned on him, yeah. like and, he, well, he, he probably he could have picked the picked better running mate. A lot of fights that didn't need to be picked or he went about him in a he got out Washington. I mean like he didn't he didn't uh he didn't drain the swamp, but he sure Yeah. Stirred it up a whole bunch. Got got a lot of people to expose for Stirred for who up. they really were. Huh. And uh, but he, but who else in the history history of presidents has come in and did what he did? Like I'll say this: he spoke to us like a regular person, getting on his Twitter and just freaking saying whatever, calling shithole countries, shithole countries. I mean, he. And and again, I like Trump, but I I'm not I'm not convinced he's the best guy for America. But also, I know that in the history of me being alive, no, I didn't I either. I um, do he was definitely he something different. Um, he was yep. he was like a, better or for worse. I mean, he was like a FDR, but from you know. From a family who yeah. made their money, you know, sketchily, you know, it what not a blue blood. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I think we need, I think we need somebody like, not him per se, but somebody with a, yeah. with a similar outlook, like, like a Joe Rogan. I I hate to I hate to say that you know because people are gonna gonna be like that's an ignorant statement. But like we really need somebody that that kind of sits between two parties, yeah, and kind of despises oh. both of the parties. You know what I mean? Like, like Joe kind of looks at both parties as as uh, you know, y'all are a bunch of jokes on both sides. You guys are both the same thing, masquerading as different, you know, pandering to people and all the things. But at the end of the day. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, you need somebody that that's not going to be bought and paid for. That yeah. was one of the benefits of Trump. Trump, you couldn't buy the guy. But uh, but also, I I feel like I feel like we need somebody that is that just sees shit for what it is and isn't isn't just pandering. It doesn't have an ulterior motive. Yeah, and actually, just loves our I, uh, to want to get it back on track. It's gonna be a weird one, man. Um. I I heard that you know since RFK's running independent now, um, they said he was polling at like fifteen or sixteen yeah. percent, which is 
That's massive for a third. Like, like that's Ross Perot numbers. That is, yeah, and and that that means if if that's what's registering, that's what they're willing to tell right. people. And so that makes me wonder: is, is uh, probably deeper than that? Is Sirhan Sirhan going to make a comeback and uh, give give Bobby a visit? I uh, I posed a question to uh, my my buddies man. and my fence post post politics buddies today, and nobody would answer. But I said, "Who dies first, Biden, Trump, or RFK?" I I would say that it would be it would maybe be RFK Trump Biden. Biden's just they've the they pumped so much Adderall into him at this point he just I never shuts that, off. Yeah, he's so impotent, man. He's just so impotent. Like it doesn't matter what he says or does because like he's just impotent at this point. I think RFK is scary to people because yeah. he's appetizing to both parties. You know, and he's he's charismatic. He's he's a lot like JFK. He's charismatic. You know, he's he's not this like mm. old dude that's he's like jacked. fucking mothballed and everything else. But he's also not brash. Yeah, he's not brash and dumb like Trump. You know what I mean? Trump's a buffoon. It doesn't mean he's that doesn't mean he just doesn't mean he's unintelligent. He opens his mouth if he. If he would stick to his, like, if Trump would stick to his his base values and stuff and just stay there, Trump would be fine. But he doesn't because he can't help but get the last dig in and push this person and push yeah. that person. And it's like it's like he's playing chess, you know. And uh, but I think I think RFK, like the dude has he's kind of come he's kind of come out of nowhere. You know, he's yeah. kind of like that white knight riding in save the day. He straddles the fence between both parties. He's very fair and balanced in what he thinks and what he says. He's kind of a straight up bro mm. kind of guy. Like, like most people can relate to him. His policies, his policies on a lot of the sides of the fence are very, uh, very inclusive to the point where whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're like, yeah, the guy's kind of got a point, you know, fair is fair, freedom's freedom. And, and you can't really argue. So I, I think that if they were going to knock anybody well, and off... Well, he I, also I can be, be extremely vague if he wanted to and just be like, look at how big assholes these two guys are. And... Yep. And he, but he's he's vague in the same way that Biden has been vague through his entire... Well, I, I think on, on a lot of issues, he's actually been very in-depth. Like, he's been pretty good at, at going in-depth on a lot of things and and some of it, I uh, RFK, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I th- oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, and I think I think, think he's in a good he he's in a good spot where he can actually be. A lot of other- he like it, it's actually not a bad strategy for him <laughs> to just be pretty vague and just and just take veiled shots at at both Trump and Biden and talk about how yeah. how they're just dividing people and and like it's 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 a strong yeah. message and he doesn't have to be real specific like i said he just it's kind of like it's he reminds me of like you know in in high school you have your you have all your cliques and your hierarchy 
But there was always that one kid that could kind of float between every group. He could hang out with the skaters. He could hang out with the goth kids. He could hang out with the jocks. And, like, no matter where he was, just because he was kind of a straight shooter and a charismatic good dude, he could kind of fit anywhere with anybody. Yeah. That's what what Um, RFK kind of reminds me of. You know, I... I was pretty dead set on voting for him in the primary, but now he's uh, now he's independent, and I don't. Yeah. I still don't know who I like. I, I can't. I can't see a scenario that Trump isn't the the GOP nominee. I, I don't care if they, you know, if he's convicted or whatever. That dude's going to be the the Republican candidate. I'm not sold yeah. that Biden's going to be it. I, I just. I think he's going to. I, I don't think so either, but I, I don't. I think don't Biden has another four years in him, man. They, like they really kind of painted themselves in a corner with with Uncle Joe, you know. Um, and then he painted himself in a corner by, you know, I'm I'm gonna choose a black woman, and then it. They they they. Man, man, she's bad. You choose the worst um, black woman. She's dangerous. She's she. Joe, I almost feel bad for. I feel like he's just kind of a political puppet, and I I think that I think that Biden in his heart really wants to do. Yeah, I think he I think he's a good-hearted guy. I really do. And like, I'm not popular for saying that, but I don't give a shit. Um, but I I think he's a good-hearted. It's like it's like good-hearted old grandpa, but like his view of the world is not necessarily reality and his ability to convey what he thinks and feels is clouded by age and dementia and things like that. And no, I think he's just a product of the swamp. Nefarious bad guy. I think he's just, he's just an old man. He's an old man. He's a bit of a puppet, you know? And, and I think that, you know, I mean, he's been in the game for so long, you know, two terms with Obama as vice and all these things. And like, but, but if you look at, at the polls oh, yeah. and stuff, a lot of Democrats are kind of over the Biden thing. Like they're not, they feel like he's too, he's almost too. And they're all think he's the too damn Democrats. old. And they think that. He's, yeah. He's too, everybody knows he's too right. old. It's not even that, that it's the age. It's the fact that it's showing. Like, I mean, he just, he dodders around. It's like, it's like having your cute little grandpa show up to your party. You know, you don't, you warn your friends. You're like, I don't know what he's going to say, but you know, grandpa sure loves me and he's going to come around. He's, yeah. He might, he might touch your titties or something, but you know, it's just grandpa, you know? And, and that's kind of how I, I feel when I think about him is that he's, he's kind of, he's at that point where it's like, you can't really believe anything he says anymore. And I think the the Democratic Party feels that as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it shows in the in the polling now that. Like, Did you see where they like, just yeah, who uh, uh, played him off the stage Biden's in Vietnam after he called him a third world country? <laughs> like I, I just want to highlight real of all the funny shit he's done in other countries where, like, like recently he was on a stage somewhere and. He went and shook one guy's hand and forgot where he was. So he just turned around and and he looks like a hobbled pony because he takes those little baby steps and he just just doddered off stage. This other guy's literally standing there with his hand out and he's like, he never shook his hand and they're like, oh, oh he slighted this guy. I'm like, I want a greatest hitch reel of this. Like, 
of all the weird shit. Him falling <laughs> off his bicycle, falling down the stairs. Uh, Shane Gillis on his I, new, I his new special. He, That's my wish. He, he said Biden, he gets done with a speech and he He's turns hilarious. into a Roomba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, you're He's, absolutely... It would be yeah. a lot funnier 100%. if if it wasn't real, you know. Like if it was if it was all a sketch. Oh, it's so. I know, man. That's a leader. Yeah, of our, of I, I don't know. Like that. There's been several times on Finn's post politics. We'll have something. Like, I'm just like, you know, we de- we deserve to be invaded at this point. Like, we we brought it on ourselves. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's wild. You know, when when there's wild, blood in the but... water, man. Oh well. Well shit, man. It it's is. uh it's it late is. year time, so I better let you go. But man, this was fun. I enjoyed the That's shit right. out of it. Yeah, man. I did too. This was great. We covered I think we covered every base we could cover from uh horse trainers, female Shreks, presidential yeah. could bees. And uh, war and everything else in between. It was a pretty good time. And I'm always awesome. Always well, I appreciate you coming on. I, I enjoy I enjoy things. good conversation. You sir are good conversation. So, um, we'll ca- stay in touch. I'll post this probably uh, probably Monday. But we'll uh, let's think about a theme song for it uh, over the weekend, and we'll uh, we'll we'll go from there. Uh all right, sounds good, All man. Right. Well, you take right. care. I'll, I'll hit you with my top. All right, right, move your ass. We're burning daylight. See you later, buddy. Boom. You betcha. Well, me and the boys, we was playing a showdown, Colorado way. And when we realized they had legalized, well, we. Thought we'd investigate Cause there ain't nothing better than a little adventure Just to shore up and morale At least till the singer does a few too many milligrams of misadventuring somehow We were met with a kid Born for his job, highly skilled and desirable Who up till now the world had found to be totally admirable. He knew the strengths and the names Every hybrid strain the modern science has allowed He said you don't have to toke it You don't even gotta smoke it Cause they make it for you edible now I want that old familiar drunken fiend Washing over me this evening I want to be embraced like an old friend Heart is racing, mind is reeling That old familiar drunken feeling Something I can count on till the end It's only noon, I'll be fine Showtime ain't till nine I chewed and I told myself But as the day wore on And on and on It all went rapidly to hell Well, I was high as a kite And it was 
shivering in the van and a hiding in the can Cause I wasn't in the dressing room Playing a gig was the very last thing that I wanted on my mind The best advice that I got on nights when old Skinner did opine He said, don't try to fight it, yeah, you're just gonna have to try to ride the rank bastard out So with that bit of wisdom and herbal terrorism on stage, I was freaking out I want that old familiar drunken feeling Washing over me this evening I wanna be embraced like an old friend Heart is racing, mind is raining now Old familiar drunken feeling Something I can count on I steeled myself, I said what the hell, and proceeded to forget all the lies. It was endless and seemed like a fever dream, western hats and neon signs. So in a desperate position, made the desperate decision that I'd handle this the cowboy way. Which is to pour enough whiskey on the problem Till it catches on fire or it goes away So shot after shot, just like I was taught Suppress my feelings by all means It was a mess I guess But nonetheless a mess fairly well known to me So when the second set came I was back on my game And here's what I'd recommend If you think you're gonna die Cause you're way too freaking high Just drown it all in Pendleton I want that old familiar drunken vegan Washing over me this evening I wanna be embraced like an old friend Heart is racing, mind is reading that Old familiar drunken feeling